Welcome back to the Science Fiction Film Podcast by LSG Media. I'm your host, Dean. I'm Matthew. And on this week's episode, we're going to be discussing Legend from 1985, directed by Ridley Scott. I had this thought while watching Legend today. Okay. If you ever wanted to know what sweet, sweet, beautiful Tom Cruise looked like while you were plowing him missionary style, (laughs) you only ever have to watch Legend. Here's why. Hear me out. I know- It is what I've always imagined. It's a really weird way to start a podcast, especially a children's film. But basically, (laughs) it goes like this. I couldn't, I, I, I don't have enough fingers on my hand to count the amount of times I see his knees up by his ears. That is true. There so, is a lot of that spread-legged TC action. Let me just tell you, next time you're plowing your old lady, and- <laughs> She loves it when I call her that, by the way. Uh, uh, next time you're plowing your old lady, just imagine Tom Cruise's knees up near his ears like they are in every shot in this film. Constantly. <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> and with that beautiful, slightly off-centered smile of his. You know yeah. what else it is? It's also, it's, it's not just the, like, that's how I imagine Tom Cruise getting plowed missionary by like the fucking Xenu God in the ocean, wherever he is. <laughs> Give me the secrets. <laughs> but it's also that, you know, when you're, you know, you know, when you just start fucking and stuff and then you finally fuck that girl who has enough confidence to not be putting her all away on her knees and shins and she fucking puts her flat feet on the bed. Hell and, yeah. And, dude, I fucking... Coming quick, bro. A whole new like, come. I'm like that. I'm like that is a bitch getting after it, and I can't. Oh, yeah. That is hot as shit. That's the other thing I thought of, but I but I like this more. <laughs> um, I like the Tom Cruise one was funnier than me uh, imagining that. So I, I went. I you know I went there. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Then you frothing at the mouth. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. You with know, her dirty feet just ruining your sheets with that that nasty, smelly fucking skirt she's got on. Hell her yeah. white girl dreads. Fuck yeah. Get on it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way it goes. How I do. So, so yeah, Legend, there's a lot of weird things going on in this. There's, you know, there's there's a sexy fairy that is probably a child. I don't know how to really react to that. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little odd. It's a little weird, right? I mean, how old is this girl? God, yeah, we should look that up. Before we can really confirm a nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Like, like, where, where, what's the, what's the opposite of nice in this case? Legend 1985. Yuck. <laughs> okay. Okay. Got it. <laughs> what's the, what's that character's name? Una. Una. And the actress is, uh, I, wow. I literally had it. Annabelle Lanyon. Hey, real quick. Uh huh. Nice. Hi <laughs> for the name. She's 25, bro. Ah, nice. Hey, nice. Because I'm going to tell you, that little fairy was hot as shit. <laughs> nice. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah, I was into it. Fantastic. A fully confirmed legal nice. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. 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 Yeah. Yeah, doggy. Um, the chat says they're not getting any audio. Isn't that funny? Oh, that's good. That's great. Yeah. I, that's, <laughs> hey, thanks, YouTube. That's awesome. I'm happy. I'm happy the chat's getting no audio. That's terrific news. Um, I don't should, know why. Uh, should we put a mark in here and edit this out while we try to fix it, or do we just soldier on? 
Um, I I don't know. I mean, what are we gonna do? I, I think it's I think it's on now. I don't know what happened, but I think the audio just came on now. I don't know why we weren't getting it before, which means they missed all the funny starts, which is too bad. Ah, a bunch of bullshit. And uh, meanwhile, I'm playing the movie for too long. But hey, if if you're just joining us in the live chat, don't worry. If you thought that the little pixie Una was kind of hot, we just did a birthday check, and guess what, guys? Nice. Nice. 25. Nice. <laughs> it is also officially uh, now canon that anybody under 18, ah, uh, yuck. Yeah. Anybody under 18, yuck. Anybody 25, anybody over, nice. Nice. And guess what? That little fairy bitch, nice. I mean, everybody nice. knows Mia Sarah's hot, right? Especially goth Mia Sarah. Well, of course. But, oh, God, yeah. But, dude, that little, that little sexy fairy, cool thought to kiss. And I was like, you saucy little minx. I want to see your fat, your fucking feet flat on my bed. <laughs> Tom Cruise all like, I want to see your knees just like mine. <laughs> I want your feet flat on the bed. I want to see your knees up. That's what I want. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Well, it's a legend. Legend. I just want to take Finally a minute to shit. congratulate us. Congratulations, Matthew. Oh, hey, congratulations, Dean. Oh, thank you. Ah, oh, yes, sir. Um, we have cleared the bounty board. This is it. This On is it. May 2nd, 2019, we have finally cleared the bounty board. We have hauled in the scalp of every movie that was wanted dead or alive. <laughs> Here they are. Aldo Reigns wanted his scalps and he got his scalps. That's it. Yeah. I think it's important that we thank the people involved in this particular episode. This, is, uh, this was a guild bounty back when we used to do those. <laughs> and uh, Jersey Mike, Ben Prue, and Joe Polcini. So thanks to those three gentlemen who made this happen. Good guess. Yeah, very cool. I just wanted to say uh, thanks again, guys. That's awesome. So here we are, legend. But yeah, we don't do. We don't. We're not going to be doing guild bounties for a while. We're we've kind of we're we're going to leave them off for a while. We're going to do solo bounties, and we're going to roll that out and how that's going to work. And um, yeah, we're going to discuss that. Um, I'm probably going to make a YouTube video. Um, screen capping exactly how it's going to go down basically long, just just to just to button this up real quick because if this is somebody's first time listening they don't want to hear any of this shit but for our faithful members and listeners what's going to happen is we're going to be selling 10 bounties basically a quarter and um we're going to give people i believe two weeks to buy the 10 bounties any of the bounties that don't sell are going to become unavailable and if we have bounties not sold, then Matt and I will just pick the movies and then you'll get another chance next time it comes around. So what you'll notice when this goes live, and obviously I'll give all the members a heads up before it does and I'll show them how it works. But long story short, you're going to go to the store, you're going to click on a solo bounty and you're going to see a list of dates and you're going to purchase a date and that date will be the date that your movie is covered. And each one of those dates are going to have one quantity that's it. One so shot at that date. Yep. We're going to stab a Bowie knife down in the middle of the table and say, go for it. Last man standing gets it. Correct. All of the, obviously all the member discounts will still apply. We're probably going to land at around 350 for a bounty. Um, obviously you're not going to pay that if you're a member. Um, and we're not going to do guild bounties right now uh, for two reasons. Number one, we don't have a good solution for it based on this method. And number two, people are savvy enough to share money because they do it anyway already. And uh, I don't want to be responsible for facilitating that. That that can't be on <laughs> us to do. That has to be on you guys to do. Here in the chat, uh, William Ticketmaster Alvarez, I'm going to purchase multiple and then sell them at a markup. Hey, man. 
<laughs> you can do that. I'm that's not a business. You. That's a side business. It's a side business. But um, yeah, it'll be. That's one of the cool things about it is that when it goes live, if people do actually rush to it, say at midnight, whenever that's going to be, it'll be hard to buy them all live because you have to select each date individually and buy it as an individual like purchase. So you can't go in, select ten, buy, and do it in one transaction. So it'll be really hard to monopolize them all. And I don't know if we're going to have as much of a run on them as people might think. I think there's probably about six to eight people who are really chomping at the bit and uh, they'll all at least probably get one or not. And I don't know. And if they don't, that's unfortunately there's, I we're trying to not micromanage this. We want to fire and forget, let people have at it and we'll see how it goes. And with this method, you won't be waiting a year for a bounty. You'll be waiting at the most three months. Um, you know, so you could, and, and we'll, we'll give you more information. Oh, too much of this has been devoted to this already. This is boring talk. Let's get, <laughs> let's get to legend. There we are. All right. All right. Well, fucking legend, baby. We've, I feel like this is another one of those movies that we have always referred to and, and, and talked about kind of peripherally for a long fucking time now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just a quick note of the movie you want to avoid. Yeah, we always have writer first refusal. We're not going to cover comedies. We're not going to cover a three and a half hour movie. We're not going to, I mean... Yeah, we're not going to cover a mini series. We're not going to cover TV shows. So just fucking pick a movie. Be normal. Don't don't get cute. Um, and if you buy something and we don't want to cover it and we can't agree, we'll just refund you. It's no big deal. Um, so yeah. Anyway, sorry about that. They're in the chat chatting, and it's mostly members, so I want to make sure to answer them. So um, yeah, man, we've been talking about Legend for a long time. Yes. Uh, did you by any chance see this in theaters when it came out? No. Oh, I didn't see <laughs> so this. One of us got that. Dude, I didn't see this till I was like 20. Mm. Yeah, I saw it way later. I saw it in, um, yeah, I probably didn't see it till like 10 years later, 12 years later when it came out. Damn. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it as a, I saw it as, uh, as, as, um, as a young man. God, funny enough, we probably saw it at about the same time then. Pretty cool, right? <laughs> so we both year. saw it. So, I think this is important to make, to make this distinction, and this isn't a humble brag, but I'm sure we were both sexually active young men at 20. In other words, <laughs> we weren't children, and we were watching Legend. And how are you feeling about it as a sexually active 20-year-old male? Uh, well, l- let me make that very clear. I think we saw this at the same time, aka you saw it when you were 20. Yes. I saw it when I was fucking definitely a kid <laughs> for the first time, anyways. Oh, 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 okay. So, w- So when your uncle was plowing you. Right, right, right. Got when he was it. tenderly, you, tenderly showing me the ways of love and, he, and before the police kicked in the door. When he was pinching your tiny pink cock. <laughs> Is that what they call it? Game of Thrones reference for all the nerds. Um, so yeah, uh, okay. So you saw it as a kid. I did not, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, 20, 20 is basically a kid, but I get what you're nine saying. Or, nine or 10 when I first saw this the very first time. Okay. Which I think is kind of the perfect age for this, because this is this is full blown fairy tale world. Uh, you really buy into it when you're that age. T- tell me, tell me all of it. Ooh. Well, for a long time, it's it's funny. I've only really realized in the past couple of years how kind of obscure this movie's become. Like most people I know haven't seen Legend. Like this is a movie where I, I got to the point where I was like, oh yeah, did you ever see Legend, that Ridley Scott movie with Tom Cruise, Tim Curry's the fucking devil? And everybody's like, what? That's a movie? I'm like, hell yeah, it is. I, I've always loved this. We owned this on VHS as long as I can remember. My dad was a huge fan of this movie. Um, and to me, this was a long, for the long time, kind of one of the definitive 
fantasy movies for me until, of course, which we all know, The Lord of the Rings came along. Uh, but before this, I mean, it was like Conan the Barbarian, Legend. God, I'm already even kind of struggling to think of the other fantasy kind of sword and sorcery movies I was really into. There's mm-hmm. a handful of others that I, you know, didn't make. As, I mean, I saw Red Sonia when I was a young kid, too. That was like, oh, that was cool, but not blowing my mind. <clears throat> Legend for me, until Lord of the Rings, was the, like, fantasy, magic, goblins and fairies kind of movie. This this was it. When I thought of those things on the film, I thought of Legend. Uh, and Tim Curry, I didn't realize until years after my first viewing that that was Tim Curry as the Crazy, devil, huh? as darkness. I had no idea. And still, even right now, even watching it again here, I go, fuck, it is hard to see him in there. Like, I, I don't I don't see Tim Curry. I see darkness. Like, it is so convincing. The makeup is fucking spectacular. I think this is the definitive film version of, like, the devil on screen. I mean, I, I can't think of anything better. Uh, I've, I've watched that new fucking Sabrina show and the devil's on there. It looks cool. It's fine. But he mostly just kind of looks like a giant goat. Like it's a literal goat face on him. And he just kind of looks like a big goat. And I'm like, eh, it's no Tim Curry in Legend, baby. It's not. <laughs> this, this is fucking it, man. I'm telling you. The fucking, the fucking devil in this movie is just fantastic. And that to me is, of course, the strongest thing that I remember from this movie. I'd forgotten so a lot. Can I, of- can I jump in right there? Yeah. Because because I know I, I know exactly what you're saying, but I'm going to I'm going to nitpick what you're saying a tiny bit, only in the interest of an interesting discussion. So bear with me. No I way. never I never thought of him as quote the devil because this seems like such a fanty and in non Christian story. Does that make sense? Oh, you know, I agree. I actually totally agree. But I just visually as like the, the classical idea of the the red red devil with horns. And right. I get. Feet. I okay. I get that. I always thought of him right. as like this really cool fantasy demon. You know. Um, yeah. Oh, where sure. it, like <clears throat> just because it has no real roots in anything of you know. Uh, judeo-christian ideology that's why i always when people say it's the devil come to life i'm like yeah but it i i always think of the devil as more um like more subtle more more like the witch you know more like how we talked about in that where it has a yeah. very christian overtone but um but i get what your point in terms of like the devil personified if you were to meet the devil in hell this is how he may appear kind of thing Totally. And it also, as a kid, I, I had also recently seen like Fantasia, the original Fantasia and the, the, the hell, hell yeah. devil <laughs> sequence in that movie. I always, I was like, this is that fucking devil. This is him. He's going to kill Tom Cruise. Oh shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, this for a long time. And I, I think the, I, I think I'm not hiding anything by, I like this movie. I like it a lot. I'm not a hundred percent sure if I love it yet. Maybe even I, I could be swayed as we talk, but I, I'm very high on it. I do really like this movie. Um, and its strongest aspect outside of just the amazing looking sets and makeup, which are so fucking incredible, um, is just the overall dreamlike tone. I mean, we talk about Dude. this a lot with, with different movies that come up that have a more kind of surreal quality to them. You know, we, we did Mulholland Drive not that long ago, and David Lynch is kind of one of the masters of just making a normal setting feel dreamlike. But this whole thing feels like a, a dream fantasy breathed into life. Like, it, it feels unreal, and I mean that in the best way. I, I think the tone of this movie is just fantastic. I, I, to me, in my mind, I even think, like, Lord of the Rings, 
is still probably the best fantasy world setting, you know, sword and, and, and magic movie, but it has a tone that's more realistic. Like they make that world feel grimy and real, whereas this one feels like the true, just like you saw it in a vision fantasy shit. It is, ah, it's, it's killer. Like I, I can't wait to just dive more into how they, they made that feel. Um, so yeah, this, this is a movie that I've, I've visually, I remembered so much about this movie. There's bits and pieces of the story and, and how they, they fight darkness and everything that I kind of was like, oh yeah, I've forgotten some of this. But just the overall look of the thing, the actual visuals of, of his lair and the visuals of even the forest, all of that stuff was crystal clear in my mind. It has been since a kid. I think it just looks fantastic, man. It looks like a fucking painting come to life. And it's so shitty and sad. I had no idea how much of a bomb this movie was. It made no mm. money. Yeah, It, it really, it, 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 it kind of fucked over Ridley Scott for decades um he had a lot more studio interference and oversight on his movies from this movie forward they all became kind of distrustful of ridley scott and he was kind of their golden child before that but during the after this kind of you know failure of a movie technically at least financially they had a lot more all right we're gonna have to tinker with your shit (laughs) we're gonna have to to be on top of it more this is kind of one of the last i had free reign and just did what i wanted to do um, and I also, like how we were talking about before we got on mics, did not realize this movie had so many different versions of it. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of, there's like three or four different cuts. And for the first time ever, I watched the actual Ridley Scott director's cut, which I'd never seen. I've always seen the, yeah, I guess it's the American theatrical one that has Tangerine Dream and it's shorter. So the one I saw uh, that I have before me now is a little bit longer. It's a Jerry Goldsmith score, which has a lot more of like a, kind of classical fairy tale almost like disney quality to it it's good it is really good it kind of feels more like a john williams score it's Mm -hmm. solid but it has a very different feel because of the you know the non-tangerine dream uh but yeah i can't wait to talk about some of the differences with that but yeah man for me for years this was my definitive fantasy movie i i loved it for a long (laughs) time and i still really like it now Awesome. I like that intro. That's powerful. Uh, in terms of fantasy films of the time, uh, fantasy films of the 80s, I have a list in front of me here as of uh, as I've Google searched it. And they come up with the following. Dark Crystal, Neverending Story, Labyrinth, Willow, Dragon Slayer, Crawl, Legend, Lady Hawk, Beastmaster, Time Bandits, um, Clash of the Titans, Coin of the Barbarian. Obviously, that's a little bit different. But, um, oh, I, I kind of bounced out of the 80s here. Sorry, let me mm-hmm. go back. Uh, Highlander. Wait, was the, was the Dark Crystal the 80s or was that early 90s? Dark, Dark Crystal was definitely 80s. 82, nice. like early 80s. Oh, shit. Okay. I thought that was a later movie. Nope. Uh, Last Unicorn, Baron Munchausen, Fire and Ice. I remember Fire and Ice. It has that like, heavy metal art. Um, <laughs> Conan the Destroyer, Beastmaster, Sword and the Sorcerer, Princess Bride, um, Ghostbusters, actually, Deathstalker. I've actually seen Deathstalker. Um, <laughs> what else? Excalibur. That's a fucking kick-ass movie. Big Trouble in China is obviously a little bit different. Um, heavy Metal. There's, there's, a, there's a bunch of shit in here. We, the list goes on and on. But um, <laughs> the Barbarians. But um, you know, it's funny you were talking about Lord of the Rings, and and I and I definitely think you have a point here. It's We've talked about this before when, we, when you get into these movies, which is like until Fellowship of the Ring, it it was a very different feeling. Fellowship of the Ring is, you'd, you'd say it's very much an epic fantasy, whereas Legend is more of a like a dark fairy tale, so to speak. 
or, or dark fantasy, as it were. And, and that's why it feels like a different genre to me altogether. Outside of the fact that they're using swords and armor, it's, um, it's, a, it's a very different feeling movie. And I think you described it very well when you say it is, um, has a dreamlike quality to it. Yeah. And there's a lot of Ridley Scott hallmarks here. Um, and that's something I want to discuss uh, in terms of his visual style. Yeah, in terms of the way he makes things look. But for me, man, Legend is one of those movies where I just, I love this movie and I still do. And I know it might not be particularly good, but it is it is very much dripping with a lot of the things I really liked for the time. Um, and that's something that it, it just, it really pulls you in. First of all, it looks amazing in high definition. So good. I haven't seen this movie in high definition ever. This is the first time I've seen it in high definition, and I couldn't believe how nice it looked. Um, that part of it actually kind of held up. And yeah. you, the story is pretty basic, which is, you know, I it's really uh, it's really out there. It's really weird. It's it's we gotta chop the horns off the unicorn mm-hmm. and we and then darkness is like, oh, I want Lily and she's gonna be my bride and you know, it's just this weird movie and they go on this weird adventure, but <clears throat> there are moments in it, like, you know, just the opening with the torture chamber, just weird, dark, kind of the Ridley Scott visual stylings of this film really work for me. It It is, it looks pretty incredible. Absolutely. But all of it, it for me, it is, it is very much, you know, for, for a long time, I used to go to sleep with the TV on, with enough volume to where I could kind of hear what was going on. And then I would just allow myself to kind of drift off to sleep, sort of thinking and or dream about whatever I was listening to at the time. I know some people can't do that because they get nightmares. I'm like the opposite. Like I love doing that. That That's like that's like a sleep remedy for me. Um, <laughs> just throw on the witch and have a nice little vibe. <laughs> no, but just things like legend, I would go to sleep to. I would go to sleep to the princess bride. And I'm talking like in my 20s. I would go to sleep to the to Princess Bride all the, like early 20s, Princess Bride all the time. I would put on fucking Star Wars. I always have to keep that a little lower. It's a little more bombastic. Um, put that on and, and drift off. I'd put on Fellowship and drift off. I would always be putting something on like that. I still kind of do, but I but I have like a little fan I put on and I, and I don't even really hear the TV. It's just the light, the the, the sort of the light dancing across my wall, there was something therapeutic about that. I have to be bone dead tired to just fall into my bed and go to bed. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a night owl and I go upstairs. I, I usually am like, I know I should be going to bed now. So I'm going to go to bed now. And then I sit I'm going there. going to physically and, get into the bed. <laughs> yeah. And get in the bed and I, you know, look at the phone a little bit, put it down, trying to get pissed off at Facebook. And then I, uh, I throw something on and a lot of times now I'll listen to an audiobook or listen to something, but the reason I'm telling you all of this is A, to share it with you, and B, because Legend was sort of right in the middle of my beginnings of all of that stuff. I always equate it to growing up in a house with a lot of people. You know, I lived with my grandparents for a while. So when I was a little kid, I would go to bed, and it wasn't like, okay, the whole family's going to bed now, like nice conservative family. It was like, I'm going to bed. There's an, I have an uncle up in the house somewhere. I know my grandmother's a night owl. My mom <laughs> might have been going out that night. You know what I mean? Like, so I would just listen to all the goings on in the house and it, would, it was comforting versus the utter silence. I've, I've become more accustomed to silence now, but 
Legend was just the perfect movie for, <laughs> for that kind of shit. As I got older, as I lived with roommates and, you know, basically on your own, I was just like, yeah, this is nice. I'm just going to drift off to fucking Never Never Land. <laughs> Tangerine Dream score. Chopping up some dude with a meat cleaver in front of a fire. Sure, sure, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, that shit, that's wild. Like some dude, of the visuals. It's fucking brutal. <laughs> it's fucking brutal. That guy, he, he, um, that, that creepy torture guy with a mask. And I love that he's just a big bodied, big heavy set guy. Just makes him more menacing. It's like, it's almost like an homage to, um, to, um, Leatherface, isn't it? <laughs> True. Yeah. This it, is fantasy Leatherface. It, it's fantasy Leatherface. And then you get the weird little imps. You know, back oh, before God. they could be yeah. cool, like Tyrion Lannisters, this is what they had to play. <laughs> yeah, you will put some little bat wings on and dance around. <laughs> hey, it's that or the fucking carnival. Just be happier in a Ridley Scott film, okay? Uh, it's still the 80s, so they paid them in peanuts, which is Paid so them in shitty. peanuts. Peanuts and grain. <laughs> <laughs> but, Here's but dis- your millet. Despite our best, best efforts, they did not grow any bigger. <laughs> oh, God. Ugh. oh fuck yeah but um yeah and and uh it's just cool dude it was i i dug this movie i liked i was a sucker for and and i think it's probably aged not quite as well as i'd like to romanticize but if i allow myself to fall into the very mood of the film just there's there's some of this plays for comedy and in goofy laughs but i i kind of like that blix is rhyming like this stupid shit like that i kind of dig right oh, right he just in in of course tim curry by the way that scenery must be made out of delicious millet and popcorn and uh and <laughs> peanuts because he just eats it up uh, choose that shit oh i love it Such but a that's what i love about him creator, man absolutely this this he's the perfect guy for this role you know absolutely. you know if you made if you made that fucking that picture where that boy dies of AIDS that sings. If you made that movie today, <laughs> Tim Curry could play him. <laughs> fucking what? What movie is this? The the fucking Bohemian Rhapsody kid. <laughs> Timmy Timmy Curry could play uh, that. Yeah. He uh-huh. could he could play that glorious homo. You know he could. <laughs> he yeah, would crush Tim Curry it. in his prime would have crushed. He would have crushed it. He can't sing. Nobody can sing like Freddie Mercury, truth be told. But uh he he could have done that. I think he would. I think he would have handled it real nice. He would have been like, "But what about all the scenes with the men? Why are they being cut from the film? <laughs> more men. I want to press my hip bone against more men. <laughs> I want to do it for the art." No, there was. A, I was watching an interview with Ridley Scott too, and he was talking about trying to cast darkness, and he was like, "I didn't want just somebody who was like could be big and scary and you know demonic." And he's like, I, "They had to be kind of sexy, kind of pull off a little bit of a sultry thing." And he was like, "That's what Tim Curry can fucking do. He's he just can. so yes. melodramatic and big, and can you know channel the anger and channel the kind of like seduction angle, which is yes. perfect. It's perfect for this. He is he, Tim Curry." Is is like velvety butter. That that's Ooh. how he is, right? Oh, it's absolutely true. That's how he is in Rocky Horror. That's just the, that's just the way he has a Tim Curry sort of has a a languidness to him. That is that that <laughs> work. He's not the best looking guy in the world, but he had in his youth. I know he's. I think he's bound to a chair now, which is sad. But oh, yeah, it is. But but he had this sort of languid way about him, a, a liquid sort of charm, if I may. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. yeah. Just like he had that kind of like sultry. He could fucking toss his hips around and be fucking just cool at the yeah. same time somehow. Absolutely. Um, and, 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 he, and it's, it, I'm, I'm, it's funny you mentioned it. I was, I'm glad, I'm glad the sort of sexual undertone of darkness comes up. Yeah, because it, it exists, right? I think I think anytime you're dealing with temptation in your in in your in you know anytime you're dealing with a temptation of another person, there's going to be a sexuality or at least a sensuality at the minimum to that. So you know the idea of this temptation, this legend needs to be reshot as a porn, and I think it'd be great. <laughs> oh God, I guarantee there's already a porn parody out there for this. Yeah, guaranteed. You could do it though. You make like a good, a real one of them, real classy porns. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about like shoot it all over my fucking eyeballs. I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Like you make it classy, bro. Make it classy. Yeah, a whole fantasy angle here. I mean, I mean, Big D is gonna punish you a little bit, but we're not gonna get too weird. It's gonna be sexy. You're gonna be like, wow, this is really dirty but exciting, but not like you're gonna be. You're not gonna be like. Um, you're not gonna feel degraded. You're going to be like, that was so dirty yet exciting. I'm a, and you think about it at work the next day. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like, you're like, God, why did I do that? I'm a piece of shit. You look in the mirror and you're just like, ugh, I hate myself. I'm talking about like, ooh, I can't wait to tell that one girlfriend who'll get such a kick out of it. That kind of encounter. That kind of shit. So, am I making, am like I making sense shit. here? Somebody throw me a bone here. Uh, you got it. No, I'm feeling it. I, this is this is not the the big red devil who's just smoking a fucking camel on the edge of your bed. Like, oh, I better head out. Like, oh, okay, oh, yeah. this is kind of gross. Now nah, yeah. that guy gives you sweet butterfly kisses and kiss on the forehead, sends you on your way. Maybe, but there's gonna be there's probably gonna be a, there's definitely gonna be seen be a scene where he ties you to one of the four corners of that crazy metal bed he's probably rocking down there in hell. There's definitely gonna be some <laughs> exactly. of that. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. So I'm just, in other words, can somebody make that movie and then shoot me a link? <laughs> That'd be awesome. It'd be tight. I'd like to watch it for research, actually. <laughs> for, uh, so. you know, to gather data and write notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so dark sexual fantasy side, let's get back to the movie. Um, we, we sort of, we started our, 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 we, we did start the episode talking about Tom Cruise getting plowed missionary. So. We, we're going to have to keep coming. We, we, we set the precedent early, so we're going to come back to that sometimes, just as oh, a yeah. warning. So uh, if you have any children who like Legend, don't listen to this podcast with them, but you know that by now. You should. Yeah. Um, so Mother Night, hold your dark arms about me. Mm. Protect me in your black embrace, I believe is what he says, right? Indeed. And you know, in the director's cut, they hold back on the image of the dark of darkness himself. They don't show you him. They only got to the scene where I mean, he you hear him speaking, and you kind of see his lair, and he's talking about darkness protecting him, and how all shall change when he you know is able to basically create an eternal night. But then the only thing you see is his hand when he's talking to Blix. They hold back this reveal of him. Uh, which I think is an interesting choice for the director's cut, but at the same time, I fucking love the glowing eyes and fingernails and the bluish hue of him in the uh, the theatrical opener. It's fucking cool looking. Yeah, uh, it's pretty awesome, dude. That fucking goblin. I finally met somebody with a nose bigger than mine. God damn, <laughs> that goblin's got to drill a hole in a tree. Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> you better fucking ant colonies beware. He's coming to get you. <laughs> coming for that ass. <laughs> you don't want to invite him to a fucking Coke party. 
<laughs> yeah. I'll flicks you are the most loathsome and nose candy greedy goblin of all. Seriously, man, how many ounces did you just bump? <laughs> all of it, my lord. <laughs> I have a hunger. <laughs> yeah, I was going to rhyme, but that's not happening. <laughs> Come on, you're asking too much of our improv skills. And <laughs> not rhyming, dudes. Not rhyming. Just not doing it. But uh, yeah, and uh, he says, "Is your black? Is your heart black and full of hate?" He says, "Of course, blacker than midnight, blacker than pitch, blacker than the foulest witch." Something troubles me. I like the voice effect on Curry. Obviously, oh, his so voice good. is good, but the voice effect also makes it. It puts it in that register. Oh, um, I like how he calls it disgusting goodness. <laughs> <laughs> disgusting. I like this. Uh, you know, this is the stuff I like. I like the poetry of 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 D. Oh, absolutely. Of darkness. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's. I mean, that's part of what I I really love about this movie is fantasy movies nowadays. A lot, you know, like I'm thinking more in the, the vein of like. Uh, that Hansel and Gretel movie that Jeremy Renner was in, shit like that, where they they try to do some like I didn't even know he was. on it, huh? I didn't even know he was. Truth be told, right? Yeah, like it, there's just a whole trend of like this weird. Let's kind of modernize it and give it like a fucking like 21st century spin, oh, okay. and they have yeah. like lingo of that. Like I love that this movie just full blown commits to like no, this is a storybook fantasy, and the characters talking sonnets. Like that, that's that's yep. what we're fucking doing. Like that is ballsy. I love it. I dig it too. Um, it's just just that opening scene with him and Blix and you have the fog rolling through. Uh, just the sets are amazing. The lighting looks cool. That's what I mean. There's a visual motif here that I find tantalizing. Oh, yeah. And there's that's- an audio motif that is very tantalizing and that's Tangerine Dream. Mm. Oh, I, thought, I thought that was going to be the cue. You're just going to pull it up? No, no. <laughs> nope. I was expecting just full backing almost the entire podcast. No, I wish. We get yanked off of YouTube, pal. Immediately. I, I will play it when we get to uh, the seduction of Lily, because I think it's really mm-hmm. awesome. Oh, yeah. But not right now. Um, speaking of Lily, we meet Lily. Miss Mia Sarah. Mia oh, Sarah is a, is, a, is a beautiful girl. Oh, yeah. I, I really only know her from this and Ferris Bueller. <laughs> I'm sure she was in more. <laughs> yeah, you saw her get plowed in Time Cop. That, was that her? Yeah, Shit, dude. I forgot. If you want to watch her get plowed, you got to watch Time Cop. You see, you're going to see, warning, a lot more of JCVD's ass than hers. Yeah, it's <laughs> a true. A lot more. Yeah, it's true. But, you get to see her. You get to see the face, though. The I'm taking it well face, which is always a, <laughs> always a, always a top one to see. It's beautiful. But no, and, I do. I, lo- I love the line, at least at least in the director's cut, that uh, transitions from, you know, Darkness's lair to Mia Sarah in the forest. What is the bait for, for this kind of, you know, creature? <laughs> Innocence. Innocence. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, well, that's the part where, so so uh, this is where darkness, he, he hits the IMDB. He's like, how old is she? Nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> Who are you kidding? It's the devil. He's like, oh, yuck. Yeah. Ugh, gross. Might as well be my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> good old devil. Good old devil. But um, yeah, a contrast, a, an immediate visual contrast. Oh yeah, just right. Just beautiful. just other- in the landscape alone, it, it is of a lush, larger than life, overgrown forest. Right? It totally. looks incredible. Incredible. And could it be any more 
Ridley Scott. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could just the detail of it all. It is so fleshed out. I mean, every it looks, it does actually look very lived in, like especially when she goes up to like Nell's cabin and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, just I, I think one of the really cool visual elements of the forest is the constant flurry of these little pieces of like flowers and, and dust Dude, and stuff in the air, inside. right? Yeah. This is and Ridley it, Scott. Totally. And I, what I feel like that especially adds in this movie is it gives, it makes the space of the forest feel larger because it, you, don't, you don't just have the foreground and the background. Like it's kind of, there are things swirling in the air between the foreground and all the way into, you know, beyond where you can even see. It makes it feel like full. Absolutely. And it also makes it feel alive. Exactly. The other crazy fucking thing about this, none of this was filmed in an actual forest. This is all a set. All of it. Yeah, you you can kind of tell. Barely, though. Because they they put real trees in there as well. And just let loose a whole bunch of actual birds that were just living in the trees and on the set. That's pretty cool, actually. It's like hundreds, if not thousands. And evidently, uh, that's why you probably even noticed. I remember even noticing this as a kid. All of the scenes in the forest, I was like, they're voices and their faces seem a little out of sync. Like something feels off about their, like the dialogue. And it's because they had to redub every bit of dialogue in the forest because the goddamn birds were so loud. No they shit. Could not, they, all of the audio they recorded of the dialogue was just like in, unusable. They had to completely re-record it. Yeah. That's wild. I've, I've never, um, I've never run any behind the scenes on this stuff. That's kind of cool. Oh, there's a, there's some really interesting stories behind the scenes of this movie. Actually. Um, I'm not surprised. But um, like you said, uh, you know, it is, it makes it seem bigger with all this stuff going on. It makes it seem very alive, uh, very, you know, it, it feels like a enchanted forest. It feels like an enchanted place. Right, right. And that's, I mean, to be honest, I think it's almost, a be- they tried to film some of this in a forest evidently, but the lighting, they could never get the lighting good enough. Like natural light just wasn't cutting it through like the trees brightly enough. But I almost think it was a better choice to film it on a set because then you have it, – it looks more like a painting. It doesn't look like a real forest. It looks like something – it looks like a forest that doesn't exist anymore. Like it, you you think of it as almost a primordial thing of like, oh, that's like a, a long gone past of like bigger, larger pastoral forest that, you know, is a, a thing of, you know, ancient history. Sure, man. That's awesome. Um, I And you mentioned her house. Shout out to the props guys fantastic yeah like i mean the set design and uh, it's just fucking incredible yeah props sets there's so many things within the home there's so many things there's so much you would not call this minimalism at all and that's that's one of the cool things about the visual style is there's just so many things in the home uh you know jars i love that there's actual birds within that. that's what i mean it, it has such a sort of enchanted sylvan quality to it right totally yeah absolutely and just the and, lighting i mean god ridley scott is always killer with lighting sure. in his movies and just every you know just big beaming sunlight through the windows casting these really great shadows ah, it just looks fucking great again like they they committed to this on a like snow white level like, this feels like a child's storybook uh fairy tale that i would say gets a lot more adult as things go on but just the look of it is is truly like a storybook and i think that was a ballsy move and a risky one and probably kind of in a way you could say didn't pay off but i love it i I think it was a worthwhile choice yeah carmelita says the cottage looks lived in that's a good way to say it Mm -hmm. you know what else it looks like you know if 
if if Lily strayed into a bedroom and uh, and sat down and, and did a little twirl and looked around, it wouldn't seem completely out of place to see a little fairy like flying around. It would right. just be normal, right? And that's what I, mean, I like. Even, ab- that's what I like about the whole setting. Yeah. She even has that moment where, you know, she like playfully pulls down the little clothing line that sure. Belle, you know, is hanging up on. She goes, oh, bloomin' fairies. Like, fairies are just a thing. Just like, just like mosquitoes. They're just around. Fucking yeah. shut up. Mickey says lots of beams and lights and particles. Be- lots of beams of light and particles. Dude, that's Ridley Scott to a T. Go back and watch Blade Runner. How about just, here? here's one of the, one of the most awesome visual motifs of of uh, Ridley Scott just think about Maximus with all the like things floating down on him right it's mm. such a Ridley Scott thing just like the rose petals coming down on him and in the way like Russell Crowe looks up as it comes down on him and the totally. light and the rain coming down the shafts of light we talked a lot about on the Blade Runner podcasts a uh, hundred years ago <laughs> indeed all that stuff that's such a that's such a stylized way and, and th- even think of alien like all the just random chains hanging dude totally he likes he he likes to work in that sort of composition he likes something coming down from a ceiling he likes characters looking up at stuff right um, and you see it a lot of, you see it a ton in this movie too. Totally. totally. And another element of his, I'll talk about it more as the movie goes on. There's shots of it. I feel like that happened more around like Darkness's lair, but where the focus of the shot is actually in the background and there's stuff in the foreground in front of it that actually I think adds to the image, adds even to like the meaning of the scene that's happening. I think is really cool. Like just finds interesting ways to make the visual elements almost matter to the story. For sure. Uh, in the chat, uh, Marie, Marie oh. says... Um, he adds texture. That's a really good way to say it, right? Yeah. yeah See, yeah, that, that's, that's somebody excellent. who knows something about how to like, you know, fucking do interior design or something. I have no clue what that shit means. <laughs> that, but, but, I, but I, know, I know what it means when she says it, but I could have never exactly. come up with that on my own. But yeah, that's, what you, that's, that's a visual like artist sort of thing, like a texture. It feels like you could touch it, so to speak. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Of like, there's there's so much in this movie that you feel like I, I know what that I could imagine what that feels like in my hand. Right. This dialogue is pretty irrelevant, though, right? Pretty irrelevant. A, a lot of yeah. it is. It's just it. I think it's just we're supposed to. Uh, let me tell you something. This Tina Martin actress who plays Nell, mm-hmm. well, she has the most inscrutable age. Yes. She does. She could be as young as like 33 or as old as like 50. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, for real. And, and you for know what it is? Though. It's like an Irish thing. She <laughs> looks true. like an Irish broad. Just constant rosy cheeks. Yeah. She just has an Irish look about her, right? Got a mole. Right, right. She just looks Irish as shit to me. And, I, and, and it's just so inscrutable. Like I, you could be, uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, you, also, you, I mean. Go ahead. What's that? Well, I was going to talk about just like the the dialogue as far as the scene goes. Like, I almost feel like it's pretty emblematic of a lot of the dialogue in the movie in that the literal things they're saying kind of don't matter. But you get this feeling about, you know, this is a princess. We, we learn in this scene that this isn't just some girl in a nice dress running around through the forest. Oh, she's like a straight up, you know, royalty. And, you know, Nell says it. Oh, it's so nice. Always having a royalty for a visit is pleasant, blah, blah, blah. 
But what we really find out here is that she seems to not care about that as much. Like, what we find out about her is that as a princess, she doesn't really care about being royalty and trying to live that way. And she's she's more enamored with the forest and with the way Nell lives. That's that's her real interest and where her heart kind of is. Uh, and that matters. That, that, that aspect of the dialogue matters later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one, one of the things I love about one of the, one of the things I love about this feeling like it is a storybook sort of fantasy that we're embarking upon is that we never really see we never really see Lily's home life. We don't have to meet her parents. We don't no, have I love it. You know, it's none of that. We just need the characters in the moments in which we need them. And we start right in on the action. We already are in on this. We already know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And um and we just see her sort of warning her out and she starts calling out for Jack, right? Jack. That's also one of the things I feel like is is a problem with more modern fantasy movies. They have way too many fucking characters and they try to do everybody thinks world building is just showing more shit in more places and like, ah, well, they, she has to talk to her dad so that we can see the palace. And it's like, who gives a shit? Like this movie happens essentially in two places, the forest and darkness's lair. That's it. That's it. Right. It's it's tight. It's really, really focused. Yeah. But uh, we see, we get our first look at old Tommy, old Tommy knees up cruise. <laughs> How do you like my knees? They're knobby. <laughs> How do you like my knobby knees up by my uh, shoulders? Don't I move sort of like an animal? Aren't I a live, uh, aren't I a live athlete at my r- little young age? Don't call me Mowgli. I hate it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's, uh, he, I mean, listen, he's really young in this and he still does really fine. Young. He's fine. Yeah. You know, he does he just his, come off of a risky business. This there is you his go. next movie. And essentially he's, you know, I like what they're going for here with him. He's a, he's a forest child, um, which doesn't, we don't really need to know what it means. We just need to, right. we, we know what it means because we observe the way he behaves. Uh, Jack's yes. interesting character in that he knows the laws of the Sylvan life, right? He understands the, the magic forest and, and, and he knows about the rules and, I find it very interesting and in, in, in that's one of the cool things about this movie is this subverting of expectations, which is you expect Jack to be this creature of the woods to be the wild, whimsical one, but he has the reverence for the rules of the magic of the woods in in the 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 the, the princess, as it were, uh, Lily has more of a whimsical and playful nature about her, which probably explains her corruption by D, at least briefly. Um, right. where she's less less keen to observe these rules. You know, it's it's a cool flipping of the script. You 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 would almost imagine it like she is the proper and whatever, and he's sort of like the ruffian, uh, rule-breaker, wild man, and he's going to whisk her off her feet sort of type of fairy tale. But it's not like that, is it? No. And also, I mean, like you were saying, as far as like kind of establishing who he is, I like that it's really essentially all done visually. You just see him kind of emerge from the woods. He hops down and surprises her. You see the way he's dressed, looking like some Peter Pan fuck. Uh, and he's just, he emerges from the woods and he's of the woods. And the very next scene we see of of them together is him teaching her how to speak to animals. And that's that's really all you need to know about him. Like he is a person who kind of is just of this landscape and this world. And like you said, he knows the rules of it kind of intuitively and he's just lived out here. Whereas for her, this is always kind of an escape. And this is this is a, a vacation for her every time she goes out here. For him, this is his world. Mm. I like their. I like how they uh, pitter patter and their whimsical fucking, what would you say they're doing? Frolicking? Let us run, Jack. Let us Let, frolic. Let us frolic, Yes. 
<laughs> we can't frolic. We have to be very serious. Have to take it seriously, my lady. <laughs> but uh, doing a little kissy kiss, you know, innocent kissy kiss. And um, yeah, like you said, they're just, and, and she's playing game. Like, bah, this is what I mean. These these sort of close-ups on them. She has, oh man, Mia Sarah has a a sexual quality, a sensual quality to her. Just uh, in the way she looks at Jack, she really's got a look in her eyes, man. <laughs> and um, she has a playful demeanor about her. It's you know, it's it's this uh, intense flirting, and she's like, oh, and she throws the thing in the water, and yeah, she's playing around with him a little bit. It's it's funny. You, you get the impression she has the upper hand in this relationship, so to speak. Oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> he always comes to her. He, there's a there's a pure innocence to him that really isn't to her. It, she entertains the darker thoughts. That's why I think Mia Sarah is such a good choice for this because she has these looks in her eyes where you're like, yeah. <laughs> She's hmm, what is beneath those knees? Mm. <laughs> but no, I'm not trying to be gross. But but you get what I'm saying, right? <laughs> Are you ever not trying to be? Yeah, gross? that's Come true. On, let's be honest. That's true. You, you <laughs> called me out, and I deserve to be called out there because I did imagine blindfolding her and tying her up to Dee's bed. I did just now. <laughs> How do you like this big red dick energy? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I call a Red Bull. <laughs> a red stud. <laughs> Well, he's leading her through the woods. She takes her to a sacred place, and uh, he's going to show her the the fucking unicorns, right? Mm-hmm. In a very visually appealing scene. Oh yeah, this is. I mean, again, storybook shit. It's a painting. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous to look at. I guess we should listen to a little bit of this movie, huh? Give me taste. I like the use of whale noises. I do too. I don't think they can hear it in the chat, so I just got to load it up real quick. I know you can hear it. There we go. This is like the legend theme. Look, ugly one-horned mule. That's pretty cool, right? Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, as long as they roam the earth, evil can never harm the pure of heart. I mean, could this be any more fantasy story nonsense? But but awesome because that's what it is, right? Right. And I mean, the way he says it, like it's it, it's very easy just to you know take this from a cynical angle and be like this fucking cheesy ass in a middle movie. But I feel like if you this is one of those movies and one of those stories where it's like you kind of have to buy into the context that it provides and. It's very straightforward. Like, it, I think a, a big part of why people don't like this movie or find it a little off-putting, you know, I, complaints I've seen, even like critics and shit are like, ah, it's just so simplistic, such a simplistic story. And I'm like, what's wrong with a simplistic story? Every now, it's a it's a fairy tale that should be simplistic. I actually like how just straightforward the story is and the rules are. Like, it's just a very simple. You know, they can they cannot be touched. They're sacred. Only the pure of heart and. That's it. Like, that's really the only parameters of the whole thing. And everything else, all of the the emotion of the story is told visually. Uh, and I think right. that's a fucking excellent choice. Yeah, that, that shot of her kneeling down in the water with the with the unicorn approaching her is really something. Real quick, do, in, in the theatrical version, I'm trying to remember, does she sing to the unicorns? Mm, no, I don't. 
No, not in the Tangerine Dream. I only know if if the Tangerine Dream version is considered the theatrical version, that's the only one I yeah. ever know. I have seen okay. the Jerry Goldsmith one, the different music. Um, oh, okay. I remember buying the Jerry Goldsmith soundtrack by accident once and then buying the like, the, the Tangerine Dream one. <laughs> You're like, ah, Which yuck. is funny because like Jerry Goldsmith's done some great fucking music in his day, but I but oh, yeah. Tangerine Dream just worked for me because it felt so otherworldly. Right, it, right. Like the classic use of a score made it feel too classic to me. That the Tangerine Dream almost adds the dreamlike quality you've been talking about with the visual mm-hmm. style. And then of course, you know, there's it's just that's that's why it worked so well for me, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. But yeah, no, she actually sings several songs in this movie. And I, I was like, I don't remember this. This must only be in the director's version I'd never seen before. But like she kind of lures the the, the stallion to her by like singing this kind of song about uh being seen by her true love. Hmm. Did you see that? What do you mean? Did you see that happen? Yes. I'd be mean, like, you see it. Like she's literally like singing the song to the Okay, to so the you watch that cut, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I, I, I watched cool. the director's cut for this. I didn't because I'd you, never seen before. Got it, got it, got it. I know you said that you, you you knew a bunch of behind the scenes stuff. That's why I wasn't sure if you were something you experienced or something you actually was on the one you watched. So that's kind of cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like I, since I I'd seen the original, or I guess you know the theatrical American version, whatever the fuck you want to call it, I'd seen that one a ton of times. And that's the first one I'd ever seen. And for this one, I was like, you know what? I didn't even know there was another version. So fuck it. I want to watch the director's one. And there's multiple scenes of her her singing, talking, you know, when I look in my true love's eyes, I feel the magic stirring. And she like, that's how she like calls the unicorn closer to her. Hmm. Interesting. And then of course, Jack's kind of jerked off about it. And so she does what every smart woman does. She's like, let me get down here and be real sexy. Well, oh, well, I can so change your little mind. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> also jack is such a little twerp here he's like all he says to her when she starts kind of like walking out towards the unicorns he's like lily lily don't lily don't lily and i'm like and then once she you know it touches them and she thinks of course that it's her touch that causes all the, the chaos even though it's actually the goblins poison dart but he's all chastising her and being like they're sacred you're never supposed to touch them you're risking your immortal soul i'm like why didn't you tell her that first then why didn't you fucking say that and just this little pussy ass lily don't <laughs> lily lily stop like uh, mind you, try explaining why yeah she's still gonna fuck him though ah of course she's still gonna fuck him still gonna do it just telling you that right now <laughs> but yeah this is where she tosses the the ring into the water I kind of like the, there's something, you know, this this is something the fucking young girls like right here, right? The 13, 14 year old girls are watching this. I'm going to test you. Yeah. And he immediately, uh, he, uh, without hesitation, this is like absolutely. every 12 year old girl's dream, right? <laughs> That's it. You fucking throw that thing in the, in the, <laughs> you try that shit with Aragorn. You'd be like, why did you do that? <laughs> you stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to chop your head off with the shards of Narsel now. I'm wearing wearing fucking chain mail and a sword. You think I'm going to jump in the river, dumbass? (laughs) He throws her in. (laughs) You go get it. (laughs) Arwen. Awesome. No, but this is where all of this stuff starts turning. This is where we get some pretty interesting visual shit. I love this. I love that Jack goes under the water and seeks out the ring and can't find it. And then comes up and literally bumps his head into ice. And just him having to emerge into this newly fucking destroyed, frozen version of his world. Oh, I love it. That That is excellent. Yeah. 
That poor horse going into what appears to be quicksand, that looks like a bummer. <laughs> Doesn't look like fun. <laughs> Likes to hell. Uh, and yeah, Jack coming up, hitting the ice. He's like, ooh, my head. Ooh, yeah, wow, wow. That, um, that main goblin is played by a woman, huh? Yeah, explains the very weird voice. Yeah, it also explains the sashaying at times. <laughs> a little bit of a goblin sachet. <laughs> they want to know if you are underwater like Jack because your audio was getting squirrely there on the internet side of things. Oh, uh, that's good. <laughs> that's what it's doing basically i type nice audio matt and then carmelita said his mouth underwater <laughs> he's punching the glass he's punching the ice he's furiously punching the ice but i i don't think he's gonna make it trying to get at that puss <laughs> got a breakthrough um yeah if you're if you're ever listening to these live shows and you do hear matt sound like he's kind of being strangled it's, um, there's nothing we can do about that for the live show. It just, it, that's, that's the, the enormous distance separating us and the tendency for internet to suck. There um, we go. It's well, never it's on, like the, that on it's, the final product, baby. Yeah. It never sounds like that on the final product, but I've, I've learned how to sort of manage it instead of saying, what, what? And you interrupting you going, what, what, huh? Did you hear me? What? And we do that fucking stupid <laughs> you know, shit. That great radio, that great tape. I that hate we make. that. So I just pretend I hear you and I keep talking. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, we don't have to have internet troubles for that. <laughs> oh, Matty boy is on fire. He's got me with two zingers tonight. Zing, zing, slam, dunk, dunk, buckets. Oh, he took me to fucking Denny's for a little Grand Slam breakfast, did he? <laughs> you want extra bacon with that Grand Slam? Ooh, give me some of that gravy with your big slams tonight, huh? Look at you, <laughs> spreading your wings a little. I like it. <laughs> Being fully corrupted. I like it. I like when you spread your wings a little bit. <laughs> oh, baby. Yeah. Well, Lily finds all her friends frozen. <laughs> no difference with uh, Nell's husband, just a sleepy dope fucking still in his chair. Now he's frozen. He's going to wake up unfrozen and just be like, oh, better go back to sleep. I'm extra tired for some reason. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the goblins are reigning supreme here. They're kind of doing their thing. So Dude, I let, also, I, let's talk about I, the goblins. Yeah, I was just going to say, I love, and I'd forgotten this. This was like a, a thing as I was watching it again this time. I was like, oh shit, I forgot Blix was like this. Where, and it's perfect, it's a perfect depiction of just like corruptive evil. Because the second he gets the unicorn horn, you know, and it corrupts the world and for everything freezes, he's also immediately like, fuck darkness, I'm the powerful course, one now. Of course, of <laughs> course. like, that's perfect. That's of course what he would do. Yeah. Um, watch the way the goblin enters... Nell's house. Uh, that's when you go. Oh, sashay. that's that's a girl. That's a girl. Yes, yes. Slay, <laughs> slay the runway. Mm, boom, bang, hips, pop, mm, bang, <laughs> boom, <laughs> ha, pop. It's so true. <laughs> Stick that mm, ass, uh, pop. That's what she's Bix doing. Knows how to vogue. <laughs> Blix knows how. Blix knows how to work that thing. Chicken wing, mm, pop, <laughs> slam. <laughs> Mm. Might want to put some goggles on. It might hurt your eye. Pop. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I know I look Fucking good today. Blix mm. <laughs> is getting weird. You heard the word Blix licks. Mm. <laughs> you want to get with Blix? You better learn how to licks. Sha. Boom. <laughs> Pow. <laughs> <laughs> we just have a fucking RuPaul goblin come flying in. <laughs> oh, I love Blix now. <laughs> <laughs> now best character of the movie. <laughs> oh fuck! You want my you want my goblin nose to tickle your ear in a sixty nine? You better learn to lick blicks. Pow! Uh, bang! Boom! 
Lex likes the legs. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> that fucking horrible nose. <laughs> you dance with a real nice. I let you eat that ass. Pow. Slip. Uh, uh, bang. Let, let you suck my nose. Damn. Mm. I promise I get a bleach. Pow. Slap. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> this fucking Batman villain model. This Biff, Sam. This goblet's getting weird. Uh, uh. Pop. Sashay. <laughs> <laughs> Blix knows how to <laughs> trick. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just there we off, are. I kill. There we I'd, are. Now we're there. I'd kill for a deleted scene when Blix returns with the unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> and and Darkness was like, "Oh yes, how's my bottom bitch turning out tonight?" <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> you are the most profitable. Who are you, not Blix? <laughs> Oh shit, man! Sexy blicks. I know you've hatched a nasty plot, but you're not still gonna see my balloon knot. Ooh! Pow! Slap! Step! (laughs) Fucking goblin platforms! You just fucking stomping around in darkness. Is like, did you seriously just use the the slang balloon knot? Get out of here. It's you're, hard out here for Pim. You're totally, you're too gross for this film. Uh, <laughs> uh, man. Anyway, she, uh, Blix doesn't do any of that stuff, actually, guys. Blix has a hard day. Where's the wet wipes at? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. <laughs> Baby wipes for Blix. Pow. <laughs> Blix's wretched taint has worked hard. This is so stupid, but I but I can't stop. It's, it's the I best. Can't stop. Blix is yeah. the best, dude. <laughs> Blix is the bow slot. Huh. I'm Blix. <laughs> Carmelita, forget PP touch. Blix is now my new favorite. Album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blix licks, baby. This is what happens when we just go. Oh, that's played by a woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only runway we needed. Off we Shimmy, go. step, stomp, pow, turn, blix. <laughs> so- I'm just imagining a fucking blix looking over his shoulder all saucy with just a bubble butt. Just a Hell fucking yes. apple ass. Powerful Shining. fucking apple bottom. Mm. <laughs> Bounce a fucking 50 cent piece off mm. that ass. Blix got to get to the gym today and work on them deadlifts. Pow. <laughs> <laughs> Blicks fucking deadlifting. Pa, Sam, slap, cock. <laughs> One, two, three, slap, pow, four for more, five, six, blicks. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking whole routine. Uh, fuck you. Ooh, fuck ooh, every, le- every word or, or number that could rhyme uh, with blicks, he just says blicks right uh, after every time. God, it makes me so happy. Oh. It's funny because I, I had like, I, I, you know, when I watch these stupid movies and I'm doing a podcast, I sometimes think of a, like a couple of jokes and I had a bunch for Brown Tom. Now I'm like, I don't know. Blix is just out of nowhere. <laughs> Blix is good. Blix has got oh, the shit in her. Blix. Blix has this on lockdown, I think. <laughs> Where the dicks? Blix. <laughs> Blix looking for dicks. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, Blix is yummy. Blix is yummy.
Delicious Blix is what we're going to say from now on. <laughs> well, we get some silly old goblin antics in the fucking Nell cabin. Yeah. In the goblin paradise. Yeah. Mortal world turned to ice. Here be goblin <laughs> paradise. <laughs> yeah. On a little power trip with the horn. Oh, Meanwhile, yeah. Jack's no, freezing. Immediately abusing power. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> Jack's freezing on that soundstage. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? There's a moment where one of them says, four, four, five, six, hooray for Blix. <laughs> 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 this shit writes shit. itself, and then sometimes it write, it's written for you. Ah, it's beautiful. <clears throat> Just imagine Blix doing kettlebells. <laughs> five, six, pick up Blix. <laughs> one for the money, two for the show. But um, <laughs> this is where we first meet... Uh, the children of the forest, so to speak. They come see uh, Jack. Our boy, Gump. Who, by the way, way more than the Lord of Darkness, weirded me out as a kid more than anything else in this movie. I was like, ah, I don't like this weird shirtless elf boy. He didn't it, like, is it because he kind of had a little muscle on him and you're like, that's weird. I'm kind of attracted yeah. to it. Is that what you mean? No, more of like. Oh, okay, I just making sure. He's kind of got a similar problem to Nell where I'm like, you're like a, a tawny man boy elf <laughs> prince shit. I fucking don't like it. Uh, this viewing, I'm like, okay, I actually. He What's looks, his name? He, the actor? No, the, the character. character. Honeythorn Gump at your service. Honeythorn Gump. That's right. Also, <laughs> another character with a weird, like it's a boy with a, a full grown woman whisper voice. <laughs> It's fucking weird. My kid brain did not like that. Isn't like, that's, is, mm-hmm. is he in? Um, is I want to say he's in Children of the Corn. Or he, he, I thought he, that for a second too. It's I not don't him though. Think so though. No, no, he's kind of in yeah. nothing. <laughs> he was in nothing you've ever seen after this. That's that's that <laughs> oh, I like, love that movie. Yeah, he's um, yeah, his name is David Bennett. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's from Switzerland. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he's been mostly uh, foreign films. Yeah, yeah. He's done a bunch so. of shit. Just nothing we know because we don't watch foreign movies in America because we have American movies and they're just better. And just better. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Canada. <laughs> like hockey, though. It's pretty sweet. Oh, fuck. No, I'm decent. Yeah. But yeah. Honeythorn Gump. Here is, you uh, be a forest child and not know the Gump. <laughs> Honeythorn <laughs> Gump at your service. <laughs> I will bow to you. I have kind of odd control over my body for a child. Right, that too. Ah, it just feels weird. Well, how um, old is he? How we we didn't even do. We, we just looked and we didn't. Six. Oh, he's twenty. He's nineteen in, years old. In this movie, he's twenty or nineteen. Yeah. yeah, born in sixty-six. This is eighty-five. So what the fuck? He looks really. Yeah, he looks twelve. He does. That is. I. I'm so back any to any it. any I'm girls back to hating it? I weird, hate it now. Yeah, I kind of hate it too. Any girls who have weird fantasies about it, you're in the clear. So you can all be like, nice. <laughs> yeah, you he's don't have weird. To like shit, like you do about the Stranger Things kids, you fucking <clears throat> perverts. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? I totally like in real life ship the actress that plays Eleven and then other person. I'm like, do you? <laughs> Finn Wolfhard can get it. I'm like, you're going to jail, bitch. Like, you're going to jail. Finn Wolfhard can about? plow me. Hmm. Pop. Slam. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Are you sure you guys want to talk about that? Ugh. Jesus. It's kind of weird, guys. Just throwing it out there. Fucking, kind of fucking weird. 
Yikes. Yikes. But uh, yeah, man, it's, um, it's a moment. And they're chastising him. Mm-hmm. And he's also revealing that he knows, you know, he has all this natural knowledge. I know everything, Jack. He's like, you know, establishing that he is probably some ancient elf. Like he's been around for a long time. Yeah. Immortal laid hands on it. He's, he's really taken aback by this. Right. Oh, he's extremely pissed. Right? Squawk, squawk, <laughs> no more talk. Do you think you can upset the order of the universe and not pay the price? The Iron Price stabs right. fucking Tom Cruise. He's <laughs> dead. <laughs> Dude, his eyes when he's glaring at Jack. Jesus. I know. Oh, freak. And then Jack's like, I did it for love. Ugh. <laughs> Fairy tale shit, baby. Yep. I also love when that when when Gump and all the you know little dwarves show up. There's just bubbles, <laughs> bubbles. Yeah, just dude, start that's so around. Ridley Scott, man. Just random. So, uh, yeah. I kind of love it though. Me too. I love it. Makes sense for this kind of shit. But isn't it interesting that the demeanor changes? Love being this sort of fantastical thing that nobody really has in life. <laughs> <laughs> cynical Yankee cunt. <laughs> uh, you're all pretending. Uh, yeah, it's all right, you though. You, know love. you find somebody you can pretend with. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking good. Find somebody you fucking don't want to throw off a fucking tree. You know? That's what you do. Yeah, we don't want to kill each other. It works yeah, out. Right. It works out. We get along. We're fucking a good team. We yeah. suck each other every now and then. Good. Yeah, we're a team. We got connections. We're, you know, we were fond of each other. Come on, that was the love. The <laughs> One true love for eternity. <laughs> fucking not enough to make a bunch of random uh, homeless kids in the wood toast to it. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Um, one thing I know there's there's some differences in the director's cut in this scene. Remind me. Did, does he, does Gump give him a riddle uh, in the version you watched? No. See, that's a whole long part of this. This scene's kind of long in the director's cut. He gives him a riddle uh, that the answer comes out of one of the songs that Lily sang to the unicorns, mm-hmm. where he's basically asking him about, like, what is a, a flower, or no, what is a bell that doesn't toll? And you know, he realizes it's the bluebell flowers that, that that grow out of people's graves. And that was part of the lyrics of Lily's song. So, like, her song comes back to be to kind of the thing that saves Jack in this moment. That's kind of cool. I'm like, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Basically, the way this scene ends in the uh, original cut is... He's like, I have to find Lily. And and uh, Gump says that you must. And of course, they're going to help him. Right. Lily! The whole time. He's just mm-hmm. calling out her name, searching all of winter. And um, the, the weather is punishing them. They don't know where she is, but they uh, they see the horses. And this is, a, this is a sad moment for our boy. Oh, yeah. He feels shamed. Downed unicorns. <laughs> Another just fucking, what a painting of a shot of the horse laying there being buried in the snow, the tree drooping behind it, the sun going down. God, mm-hmm. it looks so good. It's interesting how they made the snow have a have a sh- glittery effect to it. Yeah, it's very fantastical. Oh, yeah. Lots of glitter in this movie. Lots of like shiny kind of glowy things <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. yeah, man. But he's like, I'm sorry, we didn't know. Forgive me. The horse charges him. Fucking triple damage. Oh, man, Unicorn. with that horn, too? Bang! Piercing damage? Oh, yeah. You're taking hardcore damage from it. D&D and a unicorn will fuck you up. 
You got fucking saving roll on that shit. You're basically getting lanced. <laughs> Pretty much. You're getting lanced, dude. <laughs> Except with way more ferocity and control and direction than a rider. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with a lot more direct <laughs> force right behind the point. Yeah. I mean, you're dead. You're dead. God, and how then, hardcore. <laughs> I want to see killer unicorns now. That's actually kind of badass. <laughs> <laughs> They're black and shit. <laughs> Boom. Just <laughs> running people through. Fucking metal unicorn. There's this old ass unicorn with like its horn broken. It's still fucking people up. It's got one eye and shit. Hell yeah. Fuck. I want to see the version where darkness kills Jack, marries fucking Lily, and just rides around on a badass demon unicorn. Yeah, dude. I'm kind of into it. And he has the fucking, he has that little, uh, that, 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 I guess, 19 year old person. He's got to be, there's something wrong with him physically. Um, (laughs) Just chained, just chained to the horse, like a little slave, a little elf slave. (laughs) Band him in the minute, so metal. <laughs> fucking elf slave, oh, and so and they just ride into towns and like they crash through the gates with the dark black unicorn and darkness gets off and he's like and as he's doing this huge amazing evil laugh, fucking Lily's just doing like this waltzy twirl and killing people with two knives, <laughs> and, and Blix the- is just fucking crushing people's skulls with the platform. <laughs> 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 That's your ass, pal. <laughs> And then, like, the blood is spraying all over. Like, Lily has that perfect white painted face, but there's just droplets of blood across her makeup as she Ugh. showering death through them, twirling. She looks like an Anne Rice vampire. So into it. And we, yeah, and we get, like, kind of a cool, um, we get, like, a really cool, you know, that, that song's like, do, do, doom, bum, ba, doom, ba, ba, doom, bum, ba. It's like that waltz, but we oh, kind of yeah. make it metal. It's like, doom, burr, burr, doom, burr, burr, like that. <laughs> and <laughs> just slice. <laughs> Old people die, children. <laughs> town town officials. Mothers. Town officials just getting run through. A portly man who sells shoes, stabbed. <laughs> Just you know, basically the Disney town of Beauty and the Beast just being <laughs> run roughshod. Just by, ravaged by this couple, power by couple. By the devil and his sexy goth wife. I like it. I'm into it. I'm yeah. into it. Yep. That's <laughs> uh, not what happens. Nah. As usual. They disappoint me. But um, I think they conclude they must find a champion. <laughs> that is it. One pure of heart and brave. And Gump's like, you learn. Because <laughs> he's like, I know nothing of weapons. Ah, you'll learn, you little bitch. <laughs> you'll learn how to swing a sword. And this is where he follows the little fairy. Una. 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 And, uh... Una. Una. <laughs> yeah, this was really confusing for me as an adult. Like, I, like we, we talked about this at the top of the show. I was like, dude... <laughs> I'm kind of into it, but can I be? Can I? Am I allowed to be into this? I definitely can. She's in her twenties. That nice. moment she's running away, I'm like, she's got some fucking mean little legs on her for a kid. I was like, I gotta learn. I was like, what the fuck? Do I gotta turn myself into the FBI? Can I watch this? <laughs> I think I have to turn myself in because of Una. <laughs> <laughs> I fogled myself. <laughs> Nobody uh, knows. Uh, I, like, I like that little mischief too. Nobody will know about a secret. Won't promise. <laughs> Pin my fairy wings back, big boy. <laughs> Grab onto them. <laughs> Spray your glitter all over me. 
Oh God, you know jizz is glittery he, in this universe. <laughs> Dude, jizz is definitely glittery in this universe. So <laughs> jizz is so glittery here. <laughs> but it's confusing. You're like, what's that? Oops. <laughs> you, you can't tell from the, just you can't like the tell. makeup that all the fairies wear or jizz. Yeah. You're like, I like forgot which jar is which. Why do I have a jar of jizz? Did Blixen, did you just get your, did Blixen and his friends run a train on you or? Oh. Blix is a girl, Slap. I forgot. Squirt. <laughs> so gross. Oh God, we need help, dude. We need help as people, as, as men. We need Maybe help. not as podcast hosts, but as human beings. Yeah. Oh, so as people we need, we need help. But yeah, she's like, I'll let you have this golden scale mail if you'll touch me down there, Jack. Down there. Do it down there, Jackie boy. All of a sudden, she becomes like a kind of a trashy looking broad up from Massachusetts. Come on, you fucking fairy. Put your pecker in. Come on. Come on. Ugh, I don't like the Boston queer. fairy chick. <laughs> ah, it's not as, I'm not as into it now. Definitely not as sort of like hot, you know. <laughs> pull down your rope. Pull off your. Pull off your dungarees, Jackie boy. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It sort of sounds like one of my great aunt bangs. Oh, fuck. Get your dickies (laughs) off. (laughs) Knock your boots. Kick off your work shoes. (laughs) Keep your wife beat on. (laughs) Let your chain hit me in the face. Oh my god! Yep, this is exactly what I thought I'd be talking about when it comes to legend. This is what shut I off, shut off Tony Petraka's news and just—I don't want to hear the weather report. I just want you to plow me. I gotta hear traffic on the fours, though. <laughs> I understand that Route Twenty Four heading up to fucking heading heading up to fucking Brockton is loaded with traffic on account of some bimbo flipping over her fucking daddy's pickup. But I want you to pl- I want you to plow me right now. I want you to treat me like a, a dirty fairy. I know there's a Duncan's on fire, <laughs> but I'm gonna worry about that tomorrow. Will you? <laughs> Will you hurry up and slam me one? I need to go get my large regular coffee. I might, I might live on the edge and get a fucking muffin heated with butter. Ugh, God. The weirdest working class fairy. Hey, I, hey it's a blue collar fairy. <laughs> it's the, the blue collar fairy. We got the blue collar fairy and sexy blicks, man. We got new characters, dude. <laughs> Stocking up our rogues gallery. Hell yeah, man. Right there. Pee pee touch. Yeah. <laughs> Pee pee touch has been lonely up in there. He has. You know, he his only friend has been um White Zorro <laughs> from Princess Pride. That's true. <laughs> I'm bored of his pee pee. <laughs> oh hey, while you before you come, I got a question. Is your cousin coming for Thanksgiving? God, do we have to plan this now? <laughs> Just hurry up and come. I got stuff to do. I gotta. I'm up to I the gotta hilt clean you're up. Asking me about our fucking holiday plan. <laughs> I gotta. I gotta fix the yard. The grass is a mess. I ordered some mulch. I'm gonna get it dropped off from Home Depot. <laughs> Mickey in the chat sounds like a retiree from Boca Raton. <laughs> no fucking shit, dude. <laughs> he knows what's up. Fuck, that's good. 
<laughs> Hurry up. I don't want to miss the patch draft. <laughs> God. Fuck. I, I need oh, to know who fuck. they're picking seventh. Do you? This is our most vivid character. So vivid that I feel like I can smell them. Yeah. They don't smell so them. vivid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they smell oh, like Christ. fucking like, you know what they smell like, dude? They smell like, um, they smell like, uh, uh, like the, the, what do you call them? What do you call the smelly things you put in your car? They smell like that. Oh my God. Fucking car freshener there. Yeah. Man. They smell like car freshener combined with like denim and, and coffee. <laughs> I didn't is. get to shower today, but I rubbed my air freshener in my pits. I, I've been t- I've been telling you the water heat has been on the shitter since the fucking snowstorm. <laughs> you know the fucking pipes is cracked. <laughs> if the pipes freeze, I swear to God, I'm going to divorce you. <laughs> no. Now hurry up and bust. <clears throat> anyway, legend. All right, legend. <laughs> Glitter face. Pow. <laughs> Back to legend. Ha. Slam. Um, back to Glitterface. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He finds the, you know, the golden armor and sword. He becomes the champion. The champion. And, uh, now, he, go ahead. Did you, did you get the scene of the, the goblins, uh, around their fire? Is that, or is that a, yeah, no? yeah, yep. Magic okay. horn, yeah. now all creatures will love the night, all that shit. Oh, yeah. And, and, and worship goblins as divine. On fucking, on his power trip. I like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when D, all the D breaks it up. <laughs> oh, that's it. And especially, I, I forget the name of the other one, the little horned goblin in the, in the big mask. You know, he's the one who actually grabs hold of the, the unicorn when D arrives. And he's like, It's blunder. Oh, yes, we have the power now. And darkness just fucking sends a, a skeleton zombie up out of the ground, grabs hold of him, and jumps into a hole with him. <laughs> like, awesome. Fuck. So badass. Yeah, I like I like how they're imagining all the things they can do, right? Oh yeah, higher, higher, burning fire, making music like a choir. <laughs> Shit, I was just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it the, the fucking swear word? That's hilarious. So good, and as he goes down, adios, amigos. Mm. Oh, the unicorns silly. are not dead. Is this not true? <laughs> you lie. Here is dawn. If even one, I believe he's ever even one unicorn still around. Just a female, no power, only the power of creation. Mm-hmm. And basically, that yes, the world might be frozen, but the sun can still rise, and that's what he truly can't stand is the, is the light of the sun. Right. Get the mayor. <laughs> so good. And Love now we have Brown Tom. This guy, huh? You know how they call him Brown Tom? Uh oh. Mm-hmm. Why? Likes that brown eye. <laughs> wink. That's 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 his go-to. That winking brown eye. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> Your booty's talking to me. Uh, him and Blix would have got along. I think you're right. <laughs> his nose is comically large and bulbous. Oh, truly ridiculous. And this is uh Lily. I didn't know. I'm oh, not the one sense. you should be asking for forgiveness. <laughs> Darkness is in the goblins. Yeah. And boy, and she, the goblins do get there pretty quick. They sure do. And they start fighting. And this is funny with the fucking frying pan. Stupid shit. Right? It's cool. It's good. And dude, honestly, the, the goblins standing up out of the snow, firing the, the arrows at them, were just like kind of silhouetted black. Oh, that shit actually looks really cool. Yeah. And then Blix walks through the snow. Pow, pow, pow. <laughs> Sam, pow, boo. Look at my, 
and, and then the net comes up, and this is where they catch them, correct? Oh, indeed. It catches Lily. And I guess, yeah, the unicorn too. Yeah. And they come upon Brown Tom, our heroes, and uh, swarm me by the hundreds. <laughs> it's cute. His fucking dumb wine got shot. Yep. This is, uh, I believe there's a listener comment here about this, and I want to say it's from Carmelita. Oh. About this particular moment. Um, of Brown Tom thinking he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. This should have been mocked as an announcement. Did we even, I thought we did a pre-show convo on this. Where the hell is it? Uh, I mean, for listener comments? Yeah, we got yeah, it. We did. All right. I'm going to pull it up real quick because, wow, there's a lot. There's 83. <clears throat> she, I believe it's her, right? I'm going to look for it right now while you talk to me about this scene. About this here scene. All right. Another silly. <laughs> I love oh, this fucking, she says, I love this fucking movie. The story is very simple. A classic fairy tale come to life. Pair this with lush visuals and Tangerine Dream soundtrack and you get an easy to watch. Feels like pure magic. I streamed it over the weekend in HD and it's beautiful. I love the story hinges on consequences and the innocents suffer them too. I love that in the end of the story, it's about balancing darkness and light. <clears throat> Gump, Una, nice. And the dwarfs <laughs> are pretty basic but very charming. The character of darkness is... Endlessly quotable, and there with my favorite villains of all time. And no surprise here, Dark Lily was my early style inspirations. Cool, not the quote I'm looking for, but a good, but a good one nonetheless. Indeed. Who fucking said that? <laughs> I don't know. I did not see the one you're talking about. Hmm. God damn it. Anyway, we'll have to find it when I go back and look at them later. But um, I like the scene. Uh, Brown Tom's charming. He's one of the better characters in the fo- in the film. Yeah, no, they're they're fun. I actually do like the dwarves in this. They're not obnoxious or anything. Um, but the dude, comment I, was I, Maja, Maja Katunin. Oh, there you go. Sorry, Maja. I didn't mean to attribute it to someone else. Huge childhood favorite, still enjoyable to watch, and damn, is it beautiful. Didn't realize Rob Botin, ooh, was in charge of the prosthetic makeups. That's cool. Until this viewing, my most vivid memory with this movie is a scene that completely freaked me out as a kid. Despite all the disturbing and creepy imagery, Meg and Darkness himself, it was Brown Tom getting an arrow in the head. For a second, I thought the shattered wine bottle under his hat was in fact bloody shards of his crushed skull. (laughs) I like where this lady's head goes. Pretty, pretty dark. That image never faded and the scene always made me uncomfortable. Also... What's the guess on just how much glitter went into the production of all the 80s fairy tale fantasy movies? Yeah, that's a whole lot. That'd be an amazing fantasy question. Only another truckload of glitter, said Ridley Scott. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. More, ship it in from fucking China, whatever you gotta do. (laughs) Blix is it nasty enough? You sure you sure you wanna get in the way of me fucking genius? (laughs) You wanna be you wanna be the fucking guy who says sorry, mate, couldn't get you the glitter. You wanna be him. You say, you say it's not enough. Go to every strip club and get me glitter. <laughs> get them all. Yeah. Round up me glitter. Round it up, mice. Put on a fucking boat. Put on a fucking plane. So Braun Tom has an arrow on his head, but not really. Jack, lad, they killed you too. I like that. He thinks everybody's dead. It's cute. <laughs> she was still alive when they killed me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shot Dude, me through me the- brain pan. I, I quote that all the time. <laughs> ah, through me brain pan. 
Dude, I love the moment when they kind of like come over the hill and look at the the great tree when evil mm. anarchy ruled the land. This is where they came to sacrifice. Oh, yeah. His fucking lair looks so badass. And also as this scene, you know, they 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 run, you know, towards the great tree, it kind of transitions. But I love this lingering shot of when he tosses the torch back over, you know, back over his shoulder and then keeps running and it just makes the scene go dark. Ah, it looks so fucking cool. And that's our transition into like the eerie swamp. Yeah. Fuck Throws the light cool. behind him and, and dives headlong into the darkness. Indeed. <clears throat> More awesome visuals here. Oh, I love this dude. The swamp and Meg. Meg I great. remembered to a fucking T. You love don't really Meg. intend to eat me, do you? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, I like so the good. movement. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. You know who that is, too, right? I do who not. Dude, Robert Picardo, the holographic doctor from Voyager. What? That's Meg. He no kidding. Meg. It's fucking killer. That is amazing. Holy He's shit. So good. So He's good. Great. And again, just like completely lost in the makeup. I never knew that until this viewing, doing reading. And I was like, holy shit. No way. Mm. The fucking makeup in this movie is just so stellar. Yeah, looks awesome. And what a fine fat boy you are, Jack. <laughs> Dude, the sound of her nails on his shield. Yeah. <laughs> looks it. cool. And he just fucking decapitates her. Womp. Gone. Boom. We get another shot of him uh, with his knees up. Near yeah, shoulders. You know, <laughs> up to, all the way up. Oh, you yeah. can raise them knees. <laughs> you know, what's interesting is in the director's cut, this scene is a little longer. It's longer than I remembered. And he goes on this whole basically kind of tricking Meg into being like, oh, why eat me when you could stare into your, your own beautiful reflection? And he gets her to like obsess over her reflection in his shield. And that's ah. when he gets the moment to get the sword and chop her head off. It's so good. And she's like, oh, you have good taste for one so young. <laughs> oh, it's so good. That's such a, uh, that's kind of an homage to the defeat of the Medusa, huh? Totally, yeah. <laughs> cool. So great. After here, we get a look in on our on our baddies. Oh, yeah. We just see, I guess you'd say, we just kind of look at Darkness's lair. Yeah. So we, so we get, a, it's basically a check-in on Lily. Of her just looking around this <laughs> horrible place. This hell den. Ah, <laughs> oh, God, the set is so fucking great. Yeah. Looks awesome. Uh, then these guys end up down below. They they slide down below and they start seeing all the grossness. And the cool thing about this is when we change over to this palette, we know that they're closer now. Like right. the, the color, the color palette, the warmth of the shots, we go, oh, they must be getting close to where they're supposed to be. That's exactly the sort of scheme we saw just a minute ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We go from the blue to the orange, like deeper, darker color. You be fricasseed fairies, right? We see, um, what's his name down here? Blunder. And he's yeah. offering them assistance. Because it turns out he's a, a dwarf <gasps> gone astray. Oh, shit. And he knows I never should have left the home for wayward dwarves. <laughs> what's that like? <laughs> Fucking sad. <laughs> <laughs> No wonder he wanted glory as a goblin. Right, right. Yep. And that's when they're like, what are we going to do? And we just get a look at those guys wandering around. Oh, so creepy. Yeah. They got like, it's almost like an orc quality to them. 
or it's like an ogre kind of like fi- yeah. hell shrek yeah hell shrek <laughs> i like it <laughs> but yeah dude ah oh, this this scene is so fucking creepy this is it really truly, is like kind of like what i was talking about of like uh, darkness is kind of the definitive like visual look for the devil to me as far as movies go. This is kind of up there as far as depictions of like an actual hell, like a torture chamber. I mean, yeah. the fucking skeletons hanging everywhere, the the bones just all over the place. And while they're just casually chopping up some dude who's squirming and screaming. God yeah. damn. So gnarly. He ends up grabbing um, Blunder. He does, yeah. They're going to bake him into a pie. Um, This is where they dispatch Una to help us out. And um, she's like, oh. (laughs) Have her fly. Our secret. Our secret will keep forever in this grave if you don't help us. And she's like, you promised. (laughs) You call that a kiss? Because that's (laughs) what she wants. She wants that sweet Mowgli boy kiss. She's about to get it too, dude. (laughs) I like Was this. Um, I like this whole thing. I like the glamour. She's using glamour to appear as uh, Lily. Oh yeah, and that, you know, honestly, you know what that reminded me of too. Very uh, much, almost like a future Ridley Scott. The fucking blending of of faces that's in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Ah, that there kinda, you go. like the the eye, like her eyes stay behind uh, Lily's eyes for a second as it kind of like morgues into this fucking uh, look. It's fucking cool. What care I of human hearts, spiritless and soft as porridge or something she says, right? <laughs> soft and spiritless as porridge or something. It's, it's a cool line. I like it. Um, and she's like, well, I, I like I like this sort of malcontent fairy. Not evil, but not just going, I'm going to help you. Yeah. Trying to get my rocks off too. Mm. <laughs> Pretty sweet. So good. <clears throat> human but- hearts don't work that way. <laughs> But anyway, they end up freeing themselves, and uh, we're we're kind of slowly drawing towards where they're going to have their final confrontation. But we do have some more soliloquies from D. Let's have a listen. Oh yeah. Yet this girl distracts me. It has been an eternity since I felt such desire. What am I to do? She fascinates you. Because her soul is pure. To make her one of us. Charm her. Woo her. Change her spirit. It's <laughs> awesome. I change her spirit. Devil. Yeah. Yes. Make her naughty, basically. Tempt her. Bring her to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And like, I guess Dude, they must already this, be able to... Oh, oh go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say, they can like sense the possibility in her, that there is some, there's some aspect of, you know, her being that has some give, like there's, she could be turned. I, to me, that strikes me as such a human frailty. Totally. Yeah. Like, like you could, you, I guess Jack is a human, but he's a forest child and Lily really is not. Like she seems apart from all of them in that respect. Thus, yeah. easily more corrupted than 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 the sprites and brownies and fairies and shit. Mm, right, totally. And she's you know she's been in human society. She, she's I, I feel like she probably is in the forest as often as she is to get out of like the probably the politics of her world and being her in the palace and and the expectations of her mm-hmm. you know station as princess. Like that's why she goes out here. So she's a little more open to other possibilities. 
Right. Um, the cinematography of her running amongst the chess pieces. Oh my God. Yeah. It's awesome, oh, it's, man. Oh, it's so fucking great. Looks it's incredible. Some of my favorite shots of the movie. And, and of Una kind of like going behind her. Yeah. Very cool. God, the sets and are so good. My sets are great, man. But this is our, our big introduction. Oh, yeah. You know, and also just probably the other like super actually unnerved me as a kid and like creepy sequence is when she comes across her dress. And this is this is my one of my favorite moments in the movie. Oh, it's amazing. And it, it it's truly, it might be my favorite scene. It's it's so eerie. Like I love how, how the way the dancer inside the dress just is incredible. Oh, by the way, fucking what so a what good. a train! This is the piece of music I actually wanted to hear. So I'm gonna pop it on. Hell yeah! Um, I am gonna. Well, I'll, I'll cut to it. I'll, I'll get into it a little bit. I'm not gonna play the whole thing. Uh, here we go. Let me get this on. awesome and dude also just uh, again the visual fucking excellence of this movie the design of the dress to have that really tall mm-hmm. like i don't even know what you call it almost like a cow collar neck collar yeah, yeah. Like a, uh, this tall collar when we first see you know i guess you would just call it the dress dancing you can't see a head like the collar blocks that and it really does look like just a disembodied figure dancing around it oh, yeah, it's it just cool. adds to to the creepiness of it it's it's as if the dress itself is dancing exactly yeah and, I, and like you said i love how well also we should note too the, with this moment starts with her coming into the room seeing everything and seeing this beautiful table full of jewelry mm-hmm. and that's also one of her first moments where she like picks up some of the jewelry and she's smiling at it like she's she is being a little seduced here um and i think at the end of the day i mean i kind of kind of jumping the gun a little bit but the reason she's able to to resist the devil, I think, has already been very well established by showing who she is as a character and who what the the world that she wants to be in is the forest, is this kind of like beautiful, innocent pastoral landscape. And I think the devil, the darkness, makes a miscalculation by thinking of her as a princess and that she must love royal things and, and decadent things. And while she's tempted by them, at the end of the day, it's not what she wants. Um, and I think that's why she's able to to actually resist, even though I love the moment where she's kind of pulling away from the dress, but then eventually starts dancing on her own. Mm-hmm. That's cool. so cool. I love yeah. that. Uh, just a little kind of cool about the whole, the whole waltz piece. You know, when you, sometimes when you think waltz, you don't think, you, you think of like old people dancing. <laughs> Lawrence but, Welk, yeah. but with uh, with with <laughs> with music, it's um you know most a lot of stuff you hear is in what like you know basic music. You're in something called four four time, so you're basically going one two three four one two three four like that. You tap your foot to that. With a waltz, it's in what's called like usually I, I want to say like might be wrong in this, but I think it's usually three four time. So it's one two three one two three one, and that's how they dance. And if you watch it dancer and you hear the music that boom da da boom da da boom it's like that she's moving 
moving in that time. It's just so fucking cool. It's like, I always, t- I wrote in my notes, is like the dark waltz. It just has a waltz sort of quality to it, the way she's moving. And I just like using a waltz as almost like this creepy temptation. There's something really cool about that because you're taking yeah. something traditionally not creepy, which is something as playful as a, as a waltz, and you're making it like this sort of darker version of that waltz. And, and it has that waltz, waltz time in music has that sort of punchy quality to it, that boom, da, da, and that's just fucking cool, man. Like the way that there's moments where it, it, when, when you watch the fucking dance of the, of the dress, it's such a great dancer, by the way, clearly, clearly oh, yeah. hired for this role. But, um, this, uh, the, the interpretation of the dancer is so cool because in, in when when there's moments where I'm trying to describe it without having a video podcast where she <laughs> where where it's almost like you feel like she's kind of rising up with the with the tension of the beat and then kind of falling almost like a, a like a marionette mm, I like right that. Yeah. if you watch it like there's there's a there's a there's a bounce to her and it's almost like when she's like, like kind of bouncing up and down, it's almost like she's getting pulled by puppet strings. It's fucking cool, man. It, it's just a, it, it's always been something that I thought was amazing. And I, and it's like, it's gotta be one of my favorite parts of the movie. If not my favorite part of the movie, it's so cool. Yeah. And you know, what's, what's interesting about this too, uh, watching the director's cut with the Jerry Goldsmith score, it's very different music right here. Ah, but one, I can imagine. You talking about it kind of made me realize something like, at least as far as my interpretation of it goes, with the Tangerine Dream kind of like waltz sound, it's almost like that's the music she would be hearing in this moment. Like she's literally dancing to it. She's being, it has a creepy kind of edge to it, but there is a kind of alluring. Playfulness, yeah. Yeah, playfulness you get kind of swept up in and we see her get swept up in it. It's almost like the score for the scene is for Lily and it's what's drawing her in with Jerry Goldsmith's score. It's almost, it's way more like the music is for us and right. watching, watching. I do remember because, that. Yeah. Cause the music is very, it's all core. It's a, it's a big, almost like satanic sounding chorus. That's like, Oh, and it's like all voices. And it mm. has more of like a warning element to it where it's like, it's the music that we as the audience are hearing as we are being terrified for Lily's sake. Like, Oh, she's being pulled in. Whereas for, with the Tangerine Dream, it's almost like this is what she herself would be hearing and dancing to. It's kind of an interesting difference. Interesting. Um, I just found it, I believe, Ooh, on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, I kind of want to check it out. Let me actually it pause is. the movie and let me see if we can. I'm gonna I'm gonna pump it forward a little because we don't take too much time here. Let's have a listen to this. be the turn oh yeah all right all right it's in the in 
in the context, I don't, I don't love it, but it's a, it's a pretty impressive piece of music. If that that's makes the thing sense. that's funny about this. Like a lot of people, and I think rightly so, prefer the Tangerine Dream music. But there's also a lot of like you know cinemaphiles who are like, I know, this is, I know, this is one of Jerry Goldsmith's best scores. <laughs> yeah, it's um, <clears throat> what 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 it is. Obviously, I am. There's no way I could ever objectively compare the two, but it does seem like the waltz has a more personal one-on-one element to it with yeah. with it being a less instrumentation like that's just, big you would almost imagine like a room full of people yeah like with a chorus i mean it sure, really sure. kind of gives that feeling to it pretty wild but, but dude, um, the emergence bo- of fucking darkness out of the mirror <laughs> hell yeah i what what am i it's like a the, the, my, probably my, actually my single favorite sound, like sound design moment <laughs> in this movie, is his hoof hitting the floor. That big, it Boom. sounds like it's crushing a fucking skull. Yeah, it's, it's cool. So heavy. Oh, I love it. I like that she just passes out when she sees him. That's cool. <laughs> I'm fainting like a princess. <laughs> She's just so overwhelming. That's when you get that glint of fishnet, and you're like, oh yeah. Ooh. Also, I just noticed for the first time and thought about like how deep the cut of her dress is that it goes all the way down to her belly button you know darkness designed that shit with his open <laughs> fucking shirt he's like i like a lot of torso <laughs> um i love when she wakes up as he's looming over her and she, she can't even like make noise yeah just an like open, the, a yeah gapes. the Ugh. sound is is snatched from her right the sound basically is snatched from her fucking mouth right and dude, the <laughs> shot of darkness leaning down to her and his like cape billowing up behind him. God yeah. damn, this movie looks good. Looks awesome. Looks so good. How are you like my gifts? Does the gown not please you? <laughs> She's like crying no. He's no. he laughs. What a bastard. <laughs> Can you not speak so of your bridal gown? Mm-hmm. Beneath the skin, we are already one. <laughs> you disgust me. I like that. You're nothing but an animal. He laughs. Oh my one, god! Let's hear the one laugh. Thing I just. Oh yeah. You disgust me. You're nothing but an animal. <laughs> we are all animals, my lady. Kick ass. Oh, 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 it's so good. <laughs> you know, and when you're young and whatever is light, but you're like, ah, so deep. We are animals. <laughs> well, he just, he just wants to embrace what we are. <laughs> <laughs> Darkness is just fucking punk rock, man. Yeah, yeah, man. But no, what one thing I just thought about with this with this scene that's actually really subtle um, is that being kind of, you know, the devil essentially very much plays off of a lie here. Like he mm-hmm. knows the yeah, truth. Of course. He knows he sent Blix to send a dart into the into the uh, unicorn, but he tells her is like you know the evil act that you did is already germinating within you. Like we are mm. one. Like you did this. He's letting her believe that to to like basically convince her she's already evil. Yeah. We learn here as long as the sun's <laughs> by the way Classic bad guy move. The sun is my destroyer, or something he says. <laughs> Hopefully, no one who wants to kill me heard that. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's when that's when Gump is like, "Oh, 
we we can win as long as the sun still rises or something of, of the sort. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and that's when they, I believe, start doing, a, they, they say they found the mayor, it's alive, it's in the dungeon. Um, and that's when they decide that they have to figure out what they're going to do here. Now Jack has a plan and a good one. Uh, and I like that it cuts back to, you know, the moment where she's holding up, I think, the ring or her necklace to to Jack. You know, he has that little flashback of when mm-hmm. she's holding it, it's shining the sun into his face. And he's like, oh, that's what we can do. Reflection. Yeah. Or reflect. Uh, this is a cool moment because his friend, their friends are in the pie. Oh, yeah. Pretty wild, <laughs> they dude. They fucking bust him out. That's, bust that's, him out of pie prison. That's kind of awesome. They're like, let's go. There's birds and shit in there. Fucking savages. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> he looks like a fucking luau pig. He's got the apple in his mouth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're telling me you would have kept that and you never spit it out, you little shit. No, I would have fucking bit that thing and ate it. That <laughs> sustenance. Fuel to escape. But uh, I like this. They're sneaking. You know, this is cute. They're doing their thing, trying to keep these ding-dongs from waking up. And then when they do, all hell breaks loose. Oh, hell yeah. Fucking Our boy fantastic. Jack has to do his fucking jumping around. <laughs> Proving himself the champion they, they hoped for. Dude, the one guy has that point he had. He looks amazing. So scary. Dude, he looks like the fucking Silent Hill pyramid head, Yeah, dude. hell yeah, dude. I was thinking so the same good. thing. <laughs> but just, they, they play up how big these guys are so right, well. Like, they, right. they seem inhuman. Like, I don't think they are supposed to be human beings. They're supposed to be ogres or something else. Right. It's so cool. They're definitely some sort of naughty, evil fairy, twisted. Oh, yeah. Corrupted. Dude, he dumps that boiling hot vat of human bones and parts mm. all over. Ugh. That's so the moment. Good. That's always a good moment because the screaming in pain makes you go, aha, <laughs> we can hurt them. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they can be defeated. They seem so uh, they seem so relentless, so implacable and then when they scream like little bitches you go, "Ah, yes. Little, little bitches. How the tables have turned." Yeah. Think of the dead men. Three cheers for our champion. Hip hip hooray, baby. <laughs> oh, dude, dude, come on. I just saw the scene where he's on the lift. Okay. All right, let's get the gladiator shot, ready? Oh, oh, I'm ready. Oh, it's the gladiator shot, dude. <laughs> Standing on the lift, looking up the champion. It's just, oh, it's really true. brief. It's really brief, but light coming down on him, him looking yeah. up in the armor. Dude. Totally. Yep. I'm looking at it right now. But this is the moment. They're like, this is our only shaft of sunlight in this entire place. Not much to hold on to. But so, they- so here's what I'll say in retrospect. Mm-hmm. If if I want to level some sort of criticism against the movie, it's I just can't wait for them to get back to the interactions between Darkness and Lily. Ooh, yeah. Like once they clear the dungeon, I'm like, all right, get back to the other guy. So what's he up to with her? Totally. I'm just like, more, more. There's there's that like perverse part of my brain when I was watching. I was like, oh man, are they going to bang or something? (laughs) Are they going to do it? (laughs) Yeah, baby. And dude, you know, we haven't even, we've talked a lot about Darkness and Tim Curry, but one of the things I thought was super interesting about the the design of him, so he was actually on stilts this entire shoot, too, mm. like when he's in the makeup. And from like tip of the horn to the floor, I think they said he was about 13 feet tall. Dude, that's so cool. That's fucking amazing. And evidently, like this makeup was so intensive. I mean, they had to do a lot of engineering just to figure out how 
to even place the horns on his head and he'd be able to carry them. For one, they were saying that those horns hold, if you hold up you know, both the horns together, he's like, they, they, they're like nothing. They feel like ounces. They had to make them as wow. light as humanly possible. Otherwise, Joking. there's no way <laughs> you could handle that on your head. So they, they figured out this material that's like incredibly light, but also like still hard enough. They were like, we had to be careful because he could still like break a glass with his horns if he turned too quickly and stuff. Like they could, mm-hmm. they were, they had like hardness to them, but they're incredibly light. But evidently, Tim Curry also, when they were removing some of the prosthetics one day, it literally pulled some of his skin off. And he was Oof. like, it had to be hospitalized. Oh, that uh, sucks. So that, that shit was intense. And also, the, another thing that's crazy, the contacts he's wearing are fucking glass. Yeah, glass. that's old school shit, man. And they had to put them in. And basically, they're like, the fitting process was, here they are. We, we took a mold of your eye. They had to literally take molds of his eyes, which that was painful. And then they just pop in the the contacts after that are like how does that feel and he's like it hurts and they take it out shave it down a little bit pop them back in how does that feel still hurts and they just had to keep doing that until it felt okay just putting painful fucking heavy mm. glass in your eyes until it's finally you know bearable yeah Oof, fucking commitment yeah. right there man this stuff is awesome man the stuff between them <laughs> my my dream is of eternity with you uh, uh, uh. All I want is for you to sit and talk with me. (laughs) Sit! (laughs) When she refuses, he gets all mad. (laughs) Fucking lightning cracks. (laughs) Or stand. (laughs) As you wish. (laughs) Love question mark. So fucking sultry, man. Even though he's the god, he's a 13 foot tall devil man i'm still like ah, he can kind of get it though <laughs> that's that's why i can get still. into that's why this this whole thing i can get into these two fucking i could definitely get into that yeah i'm not a come on it. baby <laughs> oh, so explore good. your imagination a little don't be so fucking boring <laughs> what are you the puritans from the witch open your world up <laughs> oh jesus christ i made my god what just i wish to live deliciously <laughs> So good. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this meanwhile, the boring people are setting up shields to destroy all my fun. <laughs> boring losers. <laughs> no, no hot blicks with them. Nothing. Yep. And uh, I like the uh, the drink filling up. Oh yeah, that's right. That's cool. yeah. Yeah, I do nothing yeah. for your pleasure. And he just mm-hmm. fucking clears the table. Damn you. And I do actually like that moment of her realizing she can't sit in that chair because it would fucking grab her. And she's mm. like, no, I'm still going to stand. Like, the closer she gets to it, but still fucking steps away because she can sense how evil it is. It's funny. Her personality works. Me and Sarah did so well here. Like, just kind of laughing at him as he as he marches towards her. Oh, it's so good. I hear a throat so begging defiant. to be cut. He's like, oh, talk dirty to me some more. Oh, that's my bitch. Are you so anxious to see blood flow? You, I love, this is what I mean. Like, it's almost like a, there is a sexuality to the pleasure of her saying such a thing. Oh, totally. And That's I love, cool. I just, I love that she, the scene turns from him trying to play into her desires and tempting her to her tempting him with I, being Correct. the kind of woman he wants. Yeah. Ah, it's so good. And that's when she says, uh, let's have a listen. This is awesome. But on one condition. Anything. I want to kill the unicorn. (laughs) 
his coming and then his laugh. That's fucking awesome, dude. I don't give a shit how corny it is. (laughs) Now that's my bitch. (laughs) Pow! (laughs) He's so happy. I love it. Let us have a celebratory runway (laughs) stomping by Blix. Blix, come in and slay. Yep. Pow! Bam! Yeah. (laughs) A void of darkness. He goes on and on. A cold eternity of silence. Jack! Oh, yeah. Your greatest challenge is to let the gum. Here. This this right here, I'm not sure if it's the same exact spot on your version, but the shot I'm looking at is one of my one of my favorite shots of how uh, that like Ridley Scott uses to kind of in a way clutter the frame, but in a useful way. Where the shot we see of the sun going down has a tree branch in front of it. Yeah. And yep. What I think is so cool about that is it's a measuring stick for how much further the sun has gone down. Like mm-hmm. it's not just seeing the sun in the sky getting lower in the frame. You see it going past the branches and you see it much more vividly of like, oh, the, the sunlight's escaping. They're running out of time. Like it just raises the, the stakes visually. God, that's such a fucking cool element. Mm, yeah. It's wild. But they're getting it all set up. Jack, hurry, Jack. <laughs> they have a shield, you know, at the very top, or a plate. I guess these are plates, they're not shields. <laughs> Gigantic evil hell plates. Um, but they have a plate at the very top of this that uh, I think it's uh, Brown Tom has climbed all the way up to. Yeah. Um, and they're just going to reflect a beam of sunlight all the way down into his lair in front of the void. Right. And, um, yeah. Our, our, our everything's heating up. The uh, unicorn's getting squirrely, of course. Fucking chains Just on poor horse. Ch- fucking <laughs> chained up and ready to be beheaded by his new hell wife. The birth of a new world awaits your stroke. Mm-hmm. Yeesh. Does she? What does she do? Stab him, or does the arrow come in? No, she chops the chain and frees the horse. That's right. And she's like, run, run. And he fucking backhands her, and Tom Cruise yells, "Darkness." He's got arrows in him. Oh, yeah. Gets a couple arrows, and that don't do shit. I love the, what's this, a little boy? Oh, dude, when he plows his horns into the wall behind him. <laughs> awesome. Oh, so good. He doesn't really stand a chance. But they're going to get, he's going to get, he's going to get some help here in a minute. They, they fight a little bit. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, all he's got on him is that he's small and spry. He can just dance and jump yeah. around. He, he. But dude, the the fucking facepalm pickup, and he tosses him at the fire, and then laughs with the fire behind him. Oh, it's so good. The yeah. clanging of their sword sounds really good too. There's just that huge echo to it, right? <laughs> Give it to me, boy. Because he he, uh, he ends up with the unicorn horn, and he throws it at darkness. It ends up hitting him in the gut, and he's like, "Oh no!" And then at that time, the light comes down, and basically just he's like, "Protect me in your black embrace," or whatever. And he gets blown away and taken out. And uh, the uh, killing after he chops blow, his fucking arm off. Yeah, the killing blow by Jack is he chops his fucking hands off, or one of his hands off, and he goes tumbling into that avoid. Uh, and especially after giving another great little soliloquy of "You can never defeat me. I yeah. am part of you all." Yeah. What is light <sighs> without darkness? So good. Yep. Now fulfill your promise and hump the fairy. Uh, <laughs> hump away. Yeah. Bust a glittery load in me, Jack. <laughs> uh, Jack goes back, makes the beautiful swan dive, even that cinematic looking, to retrieve the ring. He fucking comes flying out of there, wakes up his lady with a kiss, 
and uh, we're all loved by the sun again. Oh yeah. Jack's like, you're back, but maybe on some nights you could dress up in that getup. <laughs> Just like every now and then, a little kinky. I think that'd be really fun. Maybe tonight, actually. Here, he has it in his hand. Maybe now, actually. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm like, I'm oh my God, I'm so ready. <laughs> Can I put my Dude, knees up? Even though? when he's kissing her, his dumb bony knee is in the fucking shot. Oh my God. God <laughs> damn it with the knees. With the fucking knees. He's all knees and teeth, that Tommy Cruise back in the day. <laughs> God, that, that knee really is the co-star of this fucking movie. It basically is. <laughs> Just, it takes up so much of the frame. Yeah. God. Well, they frolic off into the wilderness. The Fun horses, the, 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 the fucking it, unicorns. The good guys win. Light oh, yeah. wins, okay? Interesting difference, though, in the director's cut. Oh. They do not frolic off together. They go away separately. Why? Right? It's a weird, she has this line where she's like, you belong here. And basically implying that I don't, but I want to come and see you. And so she's like, can I come back tomorrow? And he's like, of course. And she goes off, I guess, towards the palace and Jack runs off to the sunset by himself. Like, that's a weird ending. Did you get on the director's cut darkness laughing at the end? No, he's not on on, Uh, on the director's cut doing that, right? Apparently he is in this one. He, He fucking laughs at the end. Oh yeah, it's like superimposed over the like uh, forest children waving. Yeah, and we, yeah, we, and I, we know I, I he's coming that. back for the sequel that never happens. <laughs> but no, in this one, it's all sunset. All sunset. That's it. All right, man. That's legend. Fucking legend. I know we've already hit some of these eighty-three comments. Um, why don't you pull one off that you want to fire off? Ooh, I've got a bit of a dissenting opinion from Mr. Floyd Fry. No, I did. Floyd I did Fry. read his. Yes, sir. He says, I know there is a nostalgia factor, but for me, this is really a mess of a film. It is interesting from a historic and career standpoint as Ridley's follow-up to Blade Runner, Ballsy, and the movie Tom did between Risky Business and Top Gun. Unfortunately, Tom has almost none of his star power persona working in this, and the chemistry between him and Mia Sarah is horrendous. Some of the dialogue, even for a fantasy movie, is ridiculous. Talking about learning rabbit language and finch language, it's painfully bad. As a point of reference in film history, it has its place, but don't expect a good movie. Ouch. Oh, he must Tim have watched Curry. the director's cut, because I don't know about the the rabbit language that discussion. Yeah, that, that is a scene where she's like, I learned finch, I want to hear rabbit. And he's like, oh, rabbit's hard. Uh, <laughs> see, serious. the director's cut sounds crappy. Not only that, he didn't get any of the Tangerine Dream music. Watch it again, Floyd, will you? Oh, he's got one more. Oh, get, Tim get, Curry. get it together. <laughs> Come on, Floyd. He says, Tim Curry is a badass, and as always, and as though he is known for his theatrical and at times even gauche performances, his subtlety and detail in this character are what make it amazing. He is just about the only redeemable aspect of the movie. Damn, Floyd. Brutal mm. on this movie. Yeah. How about you? Um, Let's see. Let's read somebody I like. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Floyd knows I love him. Craig Dealies, huh? Actually... Why don't I read? I wanted to. Didn't Jersey Mike post in here? Yeah, that, he fucking paid. So let's read Jersey Mike. This movie needs <laughs> the nostalgia factor. What? He paid no, for the yeah, fucking movie. It's fucking totally fair. I just love this it. movie needs a nostalgia factor. But for me, and I would think most of it's got it. This used to be pure nightmare fuel for me growing up. Pussy. I must have watched it from behind the couch hundreds of times until I got a little older and it became a different kind of fuel and the black lipstick dance scene got me to emerge from behind the couch and start really thinking about some new and exciting thoughts. (laughs) That's a good comment, dude. Awesome. Daring new thoughts. (laughs) Maria, is it wrong to find darkness attractive? Asking for a friend. That's awesome. (laughs) 
It's not. I like that, Marie. She's into some weird shit. Oh, um, yeah. who else? Who else you want to read? Uh, you know what? Since you since you abandoned him midway through, I'll read <laughs> Mister Craig Dela, Sir Craig Dela. Let me guess: a British guy loves a Ridley Scott movie. Hey, he surprise! He says, fucking surprise! Hold, They're hold all sticking together. Those Brits. Hold your fucking unicorns, he says. Those are unicorns. This film. <laughs> Loved this film. A good job as it was another that has been through all my kids. Craig, work on that sentence. A good job as it was another that has been through all my kids one at a time. Okay. Typical Ridley Scott fair with absolutely gorgeous scenery. Tim Curry is made for the role of darkness. Or is that vice versa? <laughs> Mia Sarah was beautiful as Lily, but I have to admit that as dark Lily, she made me think many inappropriate thoughts. Mm. She probably had dirty feet too, which may impress at least one of her hosts. <laughs> and Tom Cruise was great as Jack in one of his early roles. I probably have a lot of other things to add, <clears throat> not least the music from John Anderson and Tangerine Dream, but I think Carmelita nailed my thoughts with her comment, except as to influencing my fashion choices. Yeah. Really Craig nice. doesn't strike me as a goth. That's true. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tom Anderson, Alien, Blade Runner, Legend, not a bad three-film run. Right? Seems like a lot of people are down on this, but I, I think it's good, really, Scott Cannon. Yep. Uh, Tom Howth, every time I think of this movie, I'm reminded that the incredibly talented Robert Picardo plays Meg. Mind-blowing. How exactly did that casting happen? Oh, and so much Tom Cruise teeth. So much. Jesse Knees Ellis. This movie definitely gave me one of my first ever boners. It's part of a lifelong king for goth chicks. God damn. Seriously, this movie's amazing. It's damn near perfect. P.S. Dean is going to play so many music clips that this ep is for sure going to get pulled down off of YouTube. <laughs> yeah, you showed a lot of restraint here tonight, Dean. I yeah, feel like. I was trying. I'm trying to not get them all pulled off of fucking YouTube. <laughs> Good for you, baby. <laughs> I'll have to do a follow-up ep of the music of this episode. Well, 20 minutes. <laughs> it's four and a half hours long. Whoops. <laughs> all right, man. That's awesome. Righty. Well, what else you want to say about this before we go? Man, kind of just to reiterate what I was saying at the top, I for for me this is a fucking ballsy choice of a movie. There's there's just a serious commitment to you know what it sounds like a weird comparison, but in a way it kind of reminds me of Mad Max Fury Road. Like this the story is simple. There's it's told very much visually and with just the sound design, like we learn a lot of our, our characters' emotional states and, and the state of the world. And the stakes are, are told through just visual and sound cues. Like we don't need a ton of dialogue. The dialogue that happens, I think, you know, is very poetic and, and you know, fairy tale-ish. And I think that works here. I think I, I, it's a strong choice to commit to such a – it almost feels like it's the illustration's for a children's book. And I mean, mm. I, again, I mean that in a great way. Like, I know what it, you mean. It, it's just, the movie is kind of, it's almost like it's boiled down to its most essential element that makes it fantastical. And that's the visuals. That's the focus here. And and for, at the same time, I, I remember I had several friends who did not like Mad Max Fury Road because they're like, there's just like no story. And I'm like, the story is told visually. That's it. Like, it, it, that's one of the most powerful aspects of the medium of filmmaking is the visuals. Like, why not lean into that every now and then? I like sure. a movie that can just fucking do that. Just do that. Do it strong. Um, and this movie does it, man. And for me, that's just such a strong choice. I, I love it. I think I've actually turned it back around to loving this movie. I've always really, really liked it. But damn, it, it, there's just nothing else like this movie. There are no other 
fantasy stories that jump to mind. They're always so plot heavy. Like I, that's one thing I remembered about Beastmaster. I was surprised at just like, God, there's so much plot happening in this. And oh, now they're here. Now they're there. Oh, they got this. Oh, we got to get this to counteract that and blah, 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 blah. And every, there's a million characters with different motivations and all this shit. I just love how simple this is. It really is just good and evil, a forest boy and a princess versus the fucking devil. It's fucking solid. I, I, I love it, man. I like your style, kid. Well, bam, bam. Ha! Um, that's really good. I, um, I think, you know, I thought about Beastmaster a lot while we were talking about this movie. And I always think like when you go back and, and you sort of rewatch Beastmaster, you're like, ooh, this is a tough watch. Yeah. And I think yeah. we said as much. And that's oh, the yeah. difference with a with a different director at the helm. Like that's that's what happens when you get a you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's like who the fuck even, you know, I don't I don't even know who directed Beastmaster, but <laughs> it just it you. it didn't come together. It didn't quite come together the same way this did. It was the same um, guy who did Phantasm. That's all I remember. I do remember that in Bubba Hotep, right? I think we learned. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying he's not a good director. I'm just saying at the time, you probably you, you could probably safely say that Ridley Scott had a little more command over his craft at that time. Ridley Scott was also a lot older than... than um, okay, yeah. Don Coscarelli is um is 65 years old and really Scott's like 80 something so he was he was ahead of the game at this point in their careers which is the 80s so that kind of makes sense to me I guess I don't want to be smirch Coscarelli but you just felt like there was a lot more care involved in legend than there was in Beastmaster totally yeah I guess that's the easiest way I can say it um but yeah dude it's um it's one of my favorites of the fantasy genre Outside, like, I don't really consider Legend and Conan to be the same genre, even though you would probably say they kind of are. I consider it more in the, you know, in the Princess Bride genre, like that kind of film with Dark Crystal and all that stuff. Legend is a real standout for me. It always has been. Yeah, man. It was a blast to talk about it. Oh, dude, we didn't even talk. I forgot to even mention how the entire set burned to the ground a couple days before they finished filming. Damn. (laughs) The whole fucking thing. It was the 007 set at Pinewood Studios. Fucking that's, crazy. That's nuts, dude. But they fucking managed. Ridley Scott. Isn't he always burning shit down? That motherfucker. I, can't, <laughs> I don't even know, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fuck. guess what, Matt? Yes, I. We don't have a movie next week. <gasps> you, do you mean we, we pick? We're going to pick? Oh, my God. Oh, my I, God. I don't know if I can, Dean. I, I think I forgot how. Do you know how? Can you teach me? <laughs> I was thinking what we should do is we should do what we were talking about not that long ago. Uh, that we were thinking about doing as a bonus up. The one that you picked? Yeah. Uh, so can we just go ahead and say it? All right, Matt. Let the people know what we'll be covering next time that we're picking. <laughs> That's right. Star Trek Generation. The one where Kirk dies. <laughs> That's right, baby. Next week on the Science Fiction Film Podcast, we're going to be talking about Kirk's death. Big Kirk going down. <laughs> oh, my. big, he big goes, Kirk he, I think his dirt. last words are, oh, my. <laughs> I'm busting or, or is it, it or is into it, eternity. Or, no, that's that's Sam banging girls in, um, in Game of Thrones. Maybe it's, oh, dear. I don't remember his last words. I think it's, oh, oh dear or oh, my or God. something. Yeah, we'll be talking about Kirk's death. <laughs> 
We'll be talking about another, we'll, dude, we're going to be talking about another, um, we're going to be talking about another Ferris Bueller's Day Off alum, right? Oh, Back, that's right. Yes. Crazy. Fucking Cameron. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cameron. <laughs> Fuck. This is George Peterson or whatever he says. He makes the phone call. <laughs> so yeah, Star Trek Generations next. We're probably yes, going to be sir. picking a few because we're, we're not, we'll, it's Mar- May 3rd. We'll probably have the, the bounty thing squared away before this month's end, before this month ends. And we'll probably start p- covering paid bounties again in June. Um, Cause we'll have like a two week sale and then that sale will end. Then we'll mark anyone that don't sell as out of stock. And then we will, um, and then we'll go from there. So stay tuned for more information on the bounties. Um, I'll probably be communicating it to our members via email and on the uh, Illuminati only Facebook page. So you have to have one of those two ways for me to reach you if you want to know how it works and if you're interested in having a bounty. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, it's going to be pretty much a free for all. So I'm going to set a time and at that time they will go on sale and that's that. Mm-hmm. All right. Beautiful. Matthew, it's been a yes, pleasure. Sir. Indeed. You have a wonderful evening. Listeners, you guys also have a wonderful evening. Visit us on the web, libertystreetgeek.net. Right, Matt? That's it. Libertystreetgeek.net. We're out of here.